Robert De Niro is on a midnight run, Will Ferrell's funniest movie, and Steven Spielberg saves Private Ryan this week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, your weekly look back in time 30, 20, and 10 years ago. You get it? Yeah, this week we'll be talking about 1988, 1998, and 2008, but the specific week of July 20th through the 26th. We're going to see what news, movies, TV, music, video games, did I say video games? There are no video games here, it's a <laughs> summer, uh, released during that time period 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, and I do not believe I've ever recorded this show wearing a shirt of one of the movies featured in Yes, in it's the episode. True. He is, I can verify. That is the only reason I wrote that intro the way I did, because that's exactly what my shirt says. Yep. Uh, and who else is with us? Not one, but two disappointing sequels, Diana Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me, Sarah. And did we just become best friends? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice little tease. Uh, oh, there's so much, there's so many fun movies. And once again, the worst TV I've ever encountered mm. on 302010 this week. So please stick around and rattle on through them with us. Beginning as we always do in 1988, July 20th through the 26th, welcome to 302010's first segment. I'm happy to report Who Framed Roger Rabbit has taken back the number one slot at the box office. Yay! Woo. Oh, you know, I did see a, a little bit of news die, uh, just because I love it when 302010's been around almost two flat years, right? Uh, we're on year three. Oh, we're on, we are. I should have looked at the file yeah. I saved this in. Um, so, <laughs> but um, something we talked about in the first year has crept back into the charts. And that's Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Hmm. Huh. Has, has finally reached the top five, where I believe it is essentially one of the top ten best-selling albums of all time. Uh, mm. Yes, but congratulations, Axel. You finally made it. In 1988, <laughs> 2018, not so much. You're not doing very well. Uh, but there's always, you can always see one of these movies, uh, Cure Your Sorrows. There are a lot of movies I haven't heard of this week, Time. I figure there's two you haven't heard of, starting with <laughs> what, Pascal's Island, which is uh, a British movie where people be bitter at each other. <laughs> oh. At the end of an empire, a mystery began. I see we have a new arrival. You're referring to the Englishman. A man above reproach. Did he say why he's here? I'm not sure that you're quite as uncomplicated as you want everyone to think. But not above suspicion. There are no treasures on the site. They don't know that, do they? Yeah. <laughs> on Pascal's? He must be Pascal, I'm guessing. Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Ben Kingsley and Charles Dancy heard there. Chuck D. There are um, so many fancy hats in that trailer. There really were. There were really? at least like five different types of hats. Look, anything that's going to be about like colonial, fancy British people all super dressed up, but then they're in somewhere hot like Greece <laughs> and they're trying to deal with it. And, and then they're being like British at each other. I'm kind of down for. Yeah, you're going to have hats. You're going to have hats. You're going to be brimming with brim. Uh, that's, that's what's going to happen. Oh, why is the fedora the only hat we have nowadays that has a brim all the way around? It's not fair. Oh, and it should be burned in a fire. It is not fair. Um, and I have not heard of this movie either. Everything else is near and dear to me. Diana, it's up to you to, to sell the world on Mr. Nord. Is this okay. about the porn star? No. I'm with no. two women. They're not going to get that. Um, I get it. Oh, you did? Oh, you just, it's just not funny. No. no I see. <laughs> I see. 
Uh, I don't know. At first glance, I was thinking, oh my God, this is North. I loved that movie. Mm, this is not You are North. definitely ah! not Roger Ebert then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> ah! What is Mr. North about, Dean? Uh, well, trailer will kind of tell you. Once upon a time of sheer, unbounded optimism, there was a kingdom of wealth and privilege. A kingdom just begging to be disturbed. And lo and behold. Yes, good morning. Mr. North. He looked like a perfect gentleman, but at second glance. Unwatchable if you own a penis. It looks like a better production value uh, fairy tale theater. Yeah. <laughs> with the same narrator. So I like that. These two trailers go together really well, and that they're like both setting up the same thing. This is about upper class American people mm. wearing stuffy suits, Ooh, based on a Thornton Wilder book, oh. and directed by Danny Houston, which I did not know he had ever directed anything. Huh. Uh, Angelica's dad? No, Angelica's brother. Brother, okay. She was in the, she she was was in the, the movie trailer, for a second, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's some other Houstons floating around in there too. There's a lot of Houstons. <laughs> um, there's at least three generations of them. Four, I think. Um, yeah, so this is about the uh, stuffy, you know, Connecticut-type folks, and Anthony Edwards shows up, and he... There's something about, like, he, he has the power to, uh, like, electrify things or electrify people. Like, he basically thinks that there's the healing power of what? scurrying around on the uh, on the carpet a lot and then shocking people. He's like Ernest, and Ernest goes to jail? <laughs> Yes. Thank you. But this has Lauren Bacall and Robert Mitchum in it. Okay. Oh, okay. Better. And I remember it being like okay and pretty charming, but it's just utterly forgotten. Like no one gives a crap. Uh, also sadly forgotten. I feel like a broken record here. I have said a couple of times, it just happens when you're a little kid, you kind of discover a, a sequel before you see the first one. Mm-hmm. And you Definitely. just develop no. a, a taste for the second one before <laughs> you know anything about the first oh, one. Oh, this is I the worst one to do it with. What are you doing? That, that's that's. We'll probably have some disagreements here. You see this movie when you're eight years old on a VHS, your friend brings over to Slumber Party and there's a bunch of horse farts in a wacky miniature golf. It was fucking fun. Yeah. That In that movie, in that movie that Diana never liked, it's called Caddyshack 2. Bushwood Country Club. So, you want to join old Bushwood, huh? Where snobbery is a way of life. We just don't feel your Bushwood material. I want to buy Bushwood Country Club. Well, let me ask you this. Do I own it? But now its members are going to get what they deserve. What do you think? Isn't it great? That's great, isn't it? Good. God. Yeah, I, I got to hear more of that uh, Kenny Loggins, Nobody's Fool, the superior Kenny Loggins song. Yeah, I said it, Di. This mm, movie is home to false. the better Kenny Loggins song. Nobody's oh, Fool. It rules. Better than what? Better than Danger Zone. False. Better than the I'm All Right bullshit from the Again, first Caddyshack. False. No, it's not false. It's there. Nope. You put, lay the songs next to each other on a track. You can even see visually it's superior. False. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, man, how many people didn't come back for this, for this film? Um, uh, well, Chevy Chase is back, but not really. Not really. Um, he's like in a separate. Tell. He's in a separate house the whole time, isn't he? Yeah, he's like under some sort of contractual obligation. He looks like he hasn't learned any lines. He's just wandering around bored as fuck. He's never looked more like the character he was playing. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe Community. Yeah, Community, I think, wins the day on that one. But uh, Je- uh, what's his name? Jesus Rodney Dangerfield did not return, and he's essentially replaced with uh, Jackie Mason. Mm. Bill Murray didn't return, so he's poorly replaced with Dan Aykroyd, who's trying to do... That's the only embarrassing thing about it, is that Dan Aykroyd, whom I love and thought was totally funny in this film, 
he is just trying to do the exact same character that Bill Murray is doing. I'm going to come up with a silly voice. I'm going to dedicate myself to killing this gopher. And mm-hmm. it's, Jesus Christ, aren't you guys friends? Jesus, <laughs> why would you do this, Dan? But but everyone else is replaced by like capable and funny people. Robert Stack, Randy Quaid, and uh, Jonathan Silverman. And Diane Cannon. You really hate, <sighs> hate this that much? So the plot of this one is that... Uh, Jackie Mason's Rodney Dangerfield basically wins the the Bushwood Country Club and turns it into this awesome like multicolored Nickelodeon double dare obstacle course. It's hmm. fucking great. Uh, and there's a lot. I can see why it appealed to eight year old right. you. And I mean a, that makes perfect sense. It, I think it was the one of the first on screen fart jokes we'd ever seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's riding away on his horse, Jackie Mason, uh-huh. and just just giant. <laughs> And Robert's mm-hmm. deck, your horse has quite the gas problem. And Jackie, mm-hmm. it's not the horse. And then the scene ends. And my friend and I were cracking up like, let's rewind it over and over and over again to see our first Hollywood fart joke. It's fantastic. Um, but uh. hey, hey, I'm with you on the next one. I was disappointed by the next sequel, like big time. Uh, yeah, big time in 1988 when I didn't have, I wasn't a very discerning young lad. Uh, but this movie... Like, now, how much do I have to pay you to go back and watch Caddyshack 2 mm. and not be in an eight-year-old mindset? Okay. Watch it as a grown-ass adult trying to appreciate comedy. I must tell you, I do watch it occasionally when it comes on TV, and I own it in a Warner Brothers Snapcase DVD. I sought it out. Ugh. Sought it out, and I have watched it. I believe it's double-sided. That's I, So I've definitely wow. taken it out of the case. <laughs> um, but th- this sequel, though, what do you think about... You uh, disappoint me. <laughs> I'll I'll come back and they're like, like two movies from now we'll meet in the middle and twirl around in a circle until we until we get dizzy and and laugh. Okay, that's true. Uh, but this movie, I'm sure we probably have similar feelings on. Let me see if the trailer explains it. Hello, welcome to the set of my cool new Paramount motion picture. Guess what it's about? <laughs> the <laughs> this film's got everything: thrills, chills, romance. That's right. Sexy love story between me and not one, but count them two beautiful women. <laughs> Jesus Christ, PW, why? <laughs> why did you do why? this? So this is a disappointing sequel. That's what you were referring to, right? Oh yes, Big Top Pee Wee. Right. Uh, so like, I think I'm not crazy by saying Pee Wee's Big Adventure is one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. Mm, agree. It's one of my first favorite non-cartoon movies. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watch it once a year. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. It is a perfect it's peewee. Fun movie. as hell. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that one. I don't think it's great or perfect, but it's fun as hell. I love it. But this movie seems like a movie that was already being filmed and Pee-wee Herman auditioned for it and got the part. <laughs> Be- because he plays a botanist Lothario who, do, oh, yeah. who joins the circus. <laughs> I and know like, some of those. <laughs> uh, that was supposed to be Patrick Swayze, but P.W. just got in there, really won, won the directors over. No, Paul Rubens wrote the movie. So, but mm. it's like, why do I want to see Pee Wee in a love triangle? Yeah. I think you're That's misunderstanding really... what children like about Pee Wee. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I, I don't think of Pee Wee as having a sex drive. God, no. Oh, can you imagine well, Zoface? we don't want to think about it until we are going to be eventually forced to think about it. Yeah, we were eventually forced to think about yes. it, which is part of what was so horrible about yes. the whole thing. But, exactly. you know, the idea of him having, you know, Dottie, his girlfriend, Dottie! you know, it was very, like, cute and handholdy and, like, they're both so innocent and sweet that I don't want to think about, like, sexy circus ladies crawling all over them and, like, them doing, like... Yeah. 
there's a kissing scene and they were trying to make the longest kiss in Hollywood history. And it's like, I don't want yeah. Paul Rubens in that. <laughs> why are we watching? Why are we watching this? It was pretty unnerving as a kid. Late viewings of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I was finally, what did I call it? Like, it was the Scott Pilgrim for pe- kids of the 1950s. Ooh, interesting. Like, it, I didn't notice that as a kid, but it is. And this movie is kind of this, it is a love song to fucking circuses. And mm-hmm. it's just not something I particularly love. It's something I grew up and endured and glad they're mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this co-starred Penelope Ann Miller, Chris Christopherson, uh, Valerie, uh, Valeria Galino. And, and we didn't get another PW movie for almost tw- 30 more years. Mm-hmm. And that yep, one's pretty good. It, it suffers from that uh, Netflix cheap, this is guaranteed a digital non-union crew. Uh, but, but other than that, it's, it feels much more like a Pee-wee film. Pee-wee's Big Holiday. I'll recommend that over this any goddamn day. Uh, let's just hop into the next movie. I want to hear what the trailer sounds like. Robert De Niro does the shooting. Don't move. I'll shoot you right to the glass. Charles Grodin does the complaining. This is not good. They're the best friends. Glad to see me. That ever wanted to kill each other. You get it started, and I'll run you over. From the director of Beverly Hill Cop. Kinds of different circumstances. Probably still would have hated each other. <laughs> Midnight Run, rated R. I love this movie so I much. I love this movie. Uh, this is a damn good movie. Yeah. And that is the shirt I am wearing right now. It is. I bought it at a vintage store a long time ago for a ridiculous price because it's just a giant I'm 1988 jealous. Robert De Niro with his eyes slightly misprinted. It's yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> he looks like a zombie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on your one, chest. It's one of the worst designed shirts I've ever seen. It's like four different fonts. It's um, <laughs> just and for a single sentence. And the kerning is really bad on the letters. Uh, looks oh. up kerning. <laughs> What's up, Ty? Bad kerning. Bad are, kerning. Like, Ty, are you proud of me that I said kerning? <laughs> Good job. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. We can talk about letting next if you want. Oh my Ooh. god. Uh, um, wow, we were right in the so... middle of a boy movie. <laughs> yeah, we've messed up with it. Our really And now we're going to talk about hats, and we're going to do each other's hair. Oh my god! <laughs> we love hats. <laughs> but this this movie is so great. A uh, great cast, also including uh, John Ashton, uh, Yafet Kodo, and Dennis Farina. The late Dennis Farina. He connects the he connects the the segments, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he did in our, our viewing this weekend. But Midnight Run is just a fantastic dad movie. I think that's how I discovered it yeah. with yes, my dad. Definitely. And I was thinking about that rewatching it and thinking like this feels like every dad's favorite comedy yep. because it's really wacky but in a grounded dad kind of way. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I mean just well I sh- we should explain what the plot is. Yes, it is about a bounty hunter who must return uh, an accountant who skipped bail on his charges of stealing 15 million dollars from his gangster client. He mm-hmm. took all that money and threw it to charity. De Niro has to track him down, bring him back, and maybe see, as a former cop, if he wants to make the moral choice of turning the good guy into certain death. Along yeah. the way, it's basically planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes, Or forces of nature, ladies. Oh, uh, or Rain Man. <laughs> or Rain Man. Uh, and, but it's, it's never that crazy. And you can't well, t- well, there is a point because I besides mean, the fact that the mobsters are following them, another bounty of hunting, another bounty hunter is following them, and the feds are all over them. There is a point where there's a police chase that just goes full Blues Brothers. It really? Yeah. It, yes, it does. And then that helicopter explodes. Isn't that amazing? Shoot that back blade. That's what happens. I don't think that's how physics works. But it's a it's a great sequence. I don't know. It feels a little more grounded than other movies I've seen like this, and it's. The, I don't know. There's so many good things to say about it. Well, the bummer about it is Martin Brest, mm. a guy who has a phenomenal directing track record until the moment he didn't, and he never worked again. Mm. He's coming fresh off of uh, Beverly Hills Cop. What's what's the old guy heist movie with George Burns? Die? Do you remember? 
Um, um, George uh, Burns and Art Carney. Uh, like, that's the Sunshine Boys you're thinking no, of? No, it's not the Sunshine so. Boys, but he made that movie, and then he made Beverly Hills Cop. Then he got to make this. Uh, and then there's like one more thing, and it's like, and then it's like Meet Joe Black, and then uh, that's not. I mean, I don't think Meet Joe Black is terrible. Oh, uh, Sin, of a, Sin of a Woman. Oh, okay, that's. And fine. then he wrote and uh, directed a film that the studio took away from him called Geely. And after he mm. made Geely, I can't, I couldn't really find any information on the internet. He never ever worked again. Well, that's bullshit because right. Ben Affleck came back, and so did. <laughs> J-Lo. Yeah, on television. but <laughs> I think she's doing okay. But, like, I, if you... He has one of the best track records of anybody who worked in the 80s. Yeah, uh, man. And it was a super bummer not to see him around. But I'm a huge Robert De Niro fan. Mm-hmm. I, I think at the time when I became a Robert De Niro fan, I didn't know he could do a comedy. Yeah. And he's just... He kind of can't. He kind of... You're yeah, right. He kind of exactly. can. He's, he's playing... This is this, the best one. That's for fucking sure. I was just about to say, like, I just watched this for the first time and I love this Robert De Niro. This is, I think, my favorite Robert De Niro. It it is absolutely my favorite Robert De Niro performance. And I think it's only one, like, but this is my favorite Robert De Niro mode that I've ever seen him in and it only lasts one movie, I think. Yeah, he... he, Uh, Which is unfortunate. I mean, he's definitely, he's like young enough to still be like very handsome and like sexy, but then also not like... You know, psycho-y. Like yeah. Well, he had played mostly driver. psychos and criminals. Exactly. At this point, and I think he had just come off like, "All right, I'll be in your stupid fucking untouchable movie," but not the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and and, and he wanted to do a comedy, and it said that he was trying to be star star and big. He wanted that role, and and, oh. and people told Wait, him, "Fuck Tom no." Hanks role? The Tom Hanks role in Big, Jeez. De Niro wanted. He wanted to try a comedy. Wow. And this, and nobody in in that world yeah. of like. De Niro can't do comedy. Like right. this at this day and age, you think De Niro's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants to do, even back then. But no, they wouldn't let him do it. And uh, I think the studio oh. even changed hands over the casting of Charles Grodin because they were holding out for Robin Williams. Oh no, that would have been a different video or a different movie. I mean, one of the things I also really like about this and how it works as a buddy movie is that they're kind of both the straight man. Yeah, kind of. So like hmm. there's huh. no there there are two personalities that I feel like in so many of these like duo movies where they two people go on a grand adventure, they're opposite personalities. Right. They have to learn to get along. They're kind of similar personalities these guys are both and they khaki. They're both no black and yeah, white. They're exactly. both khaki. And their friendship at the end is believable because of that. And I really again, going back to how much I love friendship, <laughs> I really <laughs> like that at the end. Like when they're in the trailer where they're both laughing, like, oh, we probably wouldn't be friends anyways, and they laugh together. And I it's, feel it's like, like the trailer, that like, feels real. That, that feels happens, genuine. That happens once towards, like, the end of the film. Yeah. Like, it's mostly not laughing. I, I got the scene of them, uh, Robert De Niro, eating chicken wings in front of uh, the Bleeding Heart, uh, Jonathan Mardukas, the guy on the the guy on the run who's after, the mob is after him, as is the FBI. Uh, but I, I love their exchange on the train as he's chastising him for eating fried chicken wings. Why would you eat that? Why? Yeah, it tastes good. But it's not good for you. Well, where are you? Well, why would you do something that you know that's not good for you? Because I don't think about it. Well, that's living in denial. Living in denial? Yeah. I'm aware of that. So you're aware of all your behavior, yet you continue to do things that aren't good for you. That sounds sort of foolish, don't you think so, Jack? No. Stealing $15 million from Jimmy Serrano sounds foolish. I don't think I get caught. Now, that's living in denial. Aware, then. Oh, so you're aware of your behavior, 
and yet you continue to do things that aren't good for you. Sounds kind of foolish to me, don't you think, John? It was foolish. But taking 15 million of mob money and giving it to charity was good for a lot of people. Oh, so you pissed off a mafioso killer just to be loved by a bunch of fucking strangers. That makes a lot of sense. Don't you want to be loved? I love that. I love that. There shouldn't be any reason the movie's rated R, but there's like four F-bombs. Yeah. Like, there's no, no blood. There's a lot of swearing. Yeah, I don't know. There's like, there's no blood. There's like it. No. That soundtrack you heard in the trailer. If you wondered why Danny Elfman wasn't scoring Big Top Pee Wee, because this is the weirdest Danny Elfman score yes. you have ever heard. Because it's eighties as shit. So much it saxophone. <laughs> it started. And I'm like, oh, cool, Dave Grusin. No, no. Nope. It's the least Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, if you've listened to a ton of podcasts that I've edited, I use that as an intro a lot. And I looked into it. Yeah, it's because Martin Brest. I think the first thing he directed was like the only footage of the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo. He oh. directed one of those things with Elfman, and yeah, he got his, got his ass in here to compose this, the music. But this is a great story. It's funny and charming all the way through. It's not just a great 80s movie. I think it holds up really well. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a total dad movie. And with modern eyes, I wish I wish someone was there to write an actual joke at the end of certain sentences. <laughs> I got a, aviophobia. I'll give you fistophobia. I'll put that through <laughs> your fucking head. Like, that could have been a joke. These are all funny people, but like, yeah. it has some of my favorite yelling. Of, like, <laughs> oh, it's got good le- yelling. And again, also a great fuck, fuck you. you a really good fuck you. <laughs> right in the beginning. Hey, Marvin! Uh, it's, yes, this movie is fantastic. This is my, uh, it's pretty much my number one recommend of the week, but just do yourself really? a favor. Make sure you watch something with Dennis Freen in it. Well, I would say, as far as our recommends go, include this one. Maybe play it after our 1998 one. It's fantastic, and I, I am happy to report, I know lots of people don't dig on physical media, but uh, when your power goes out as much as ours does, it's nice to have an actual disc when you can't depend on the internet. And Shout Factory last year released a great remastered Blu-ray for Midnight Run. With a bunch of extra special features. So check that out. Maybe we'll add a link to the page. I do recommend, hey, buy a DVD every once in a while. You know what? We can talk about this movie as long as we want because TV sucks balls. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, just just to wrap it up, I I was just thinking about what Sarah said about how they're kind of similar and realizing I feel like I've seen versions of this movie, but where the Charles Grodin character is super annoying Mm -hmm. and like really, really, really loud and screechy and wacky and like i kind of was expecting more of that mm-hmm. like i know oh they can't fly because he's afraid of planes whatever mm-hmm. and, but these things go no. down <laughs> yeah he's he's so much calmer most of the movie. he's just sort of like yeah yeah you're gonna punch me okay i mean it That's is fine and i didn't see any slow takes from him which is what he's good at it is without a doubt so the best charles groden role oh yeah no I one mean, will argue yeah. that it's yeah. he's so cool, dad cool in this like you know it's <laughs> I love it. Put the cigarette out, Jack. Put it out. <laughs> Just put it out. No, like, oh my God, there was so much smoking in this movie. <laughs> I know. That's in true. The they're smoking. Smoking oh. right into the face of the, the lady at the rental car counter. I watched oh that. My God. Smoking I can't believe when you're lived. arrested. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe we lived in a world where that amount of smoking was allowed. Right. It's still mind-blowing. It, it like hurts my lungs to watch <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Oh, and, and a great another great... I didn't say Joe Penaliano. Joey Pants. Oh, is Joey in Pants. This, oh, yeah. yeah. He's got such a bad comb-over. Dude, it's the worst. Before he decided oh. to like go full Kangle. The whole hair situation was bad <laughs> not De Niro's De Niro's like, I, like oh no I just meant Joey Pants's whole like the top is bad but also the back because it's like a half curly mullet yeah. like it's not good no. no I know I mean I can we, I can spot my own hair type just about anywhere <laughs> uh, but I, I thoroughly recommend oh yeah and that's about Charles Grodin I think I read that um, 
this is supposed to be a Paramount movie, and they basically dropped it because I think they were firm on casting Charles Grodin. Hmm. And hmm. they're like, no, I think they were looking for an opposites, you complete right. me, kind of like black and white kind of situation. And instead you get this a, a really weird dichotomy that I don't think, I, I can't place that I've seen that often. It's a true no. buddy cop. They're truly friends, I think, at the end. Yeah, because, it, has, it has one of my yeah. favorite fucking endings ever. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. clever. It's earned, like the movie's, never insulting to you nothing happens for no reason like just listen to what everybody says on the phone it's not complicated but like it all makes sense it's i don't know it's pretty masterful and it makes me miss Mm -hmm. martin breast a a lot Mm -hmm. um yeah anybody else (laughs) want to say something about midnight run before you trash it and call it not the best movie on 30 3310 this week i forgot that we had thousand dollar bills at one point uh. <laughs> that was a fun surprise at the end. i did look into that we did we don't anymore though right oh. but they did exist no. at one point i want thousand dollar bills that seems like a great thing to have uh, oh never never mind let's go into tv no <laughs> uh but let's go into tv real fast because it'll be real fast um july 23rd solid gold and tales from the dark side concludes Oh man, never those are see- two losses. Uh, well, I, I love the Tales from the Dark Side movie. I've never actually seen the show. I guess that one's is okay. Mm-hmm. It's fun enough, but Solid Gold. Solid. It's like Solid Gold is like it's not Soul Train. It's not it's American, not American Bandstand. Bandstand. <laughs> yeah, but it had the Solid Gold dancers. <laughs> I I have no idea what this is. Same. Is this the grind, but for the eighties? Sounds like it. Yes, okay, it's the grind. <laughs> uh, I made Diana it's, feel It's old. a music dance show, all right? It's like I said, just like Soul Train is the one people might know a little bit more about, where, you know, it's a dance party full of dancing teenagers and also a band plays where they lip sync to their big hit and everyone dances. But Solid Gold had like professional dancers mm. that would wear skimpy little golden outfits and do little dances. I, I think, yeah, I remember the shorthand of Solid yeah. Gold dancers. Solid I'm, Go! <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry for making you feel old so close I'm to your birthday. Per- Saturday, everyone. <laughs> I'm still perplexed by what was entertaining about this, <laughs> but I do have to say that it features heavily in a recent episode of Detroiters and it, a dance show on basic cable and it's pretty good. So I thought that was the only like teen shows had that now. It, it's like, it seems like low rent, but still like a too expensive screensaver. Like no one can, you can't really watch this. <laughs> this is just people dancing to music. It's confusing. It's I like, don't know. how, how much does it cost to put on? Yeah. Are you supposed to dance Come along on. with it? That's is the question. Yeah, the licensing. If is... you want to, <laughs> if you're feeling it, baby. I feel like it's specifically for middle school sleepover boys. girls. Oh, oh. well, <laughs> why, why? to all dance along. Did too. I reveal too much? <laughs> Did I reveal too much? Yeah. I'm oh the... man, speaking of things that have been mentioned this week, uh, last Sunday's episode of Preacher had Satan himself quoting Midnight Run. Really? What? That's and fantastic. And I was like, wait, what? Serrano's got the discs. I, I'm just, I haven't seen no, Preacher so, yet. No, so like, have a glass of milk, a sandwich, calm down. Hey, what's that from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Satan. Thank you, Satan. And also this week on television, the sixth annual Miss Teen USA pageant. Big congrats to Oregon's Mindy Duncan. Uh, gross. <laughs> is it gross? Boo. I, 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 I could have sworn this didn't happen anymore, and I'm happy to confirm it still happens every fucking year. And I... <laughs> Think, is it televised? I think best case scenario, our president doesn't own it anymore. Um, <laughs> best case scenario. But that is it. That is it for 1988. We will wrap up this 1988 segment with a little bit of music. Uh, we got new releases. View from the House by Kim Carnes. Imaginos by, uh, am I saying that right? By Blue Oyster Cult. And now that's what I call music 12 in the UK. 
because the U.S. series didn't start until 1998, 10 years later. Ooh, can't wait. Um, and, and because Diana's forcing this on me, we're going to close out. Instead of Kenny Loggins, Nobody's Fool from Caddyshack 2, which we all know is a great film and worth revisiting, <laughs> we're going to close out with what was number one on the charts this week. That's Hold On to the Night by uh, Dick Marks. I love this song. We'll be back in just a moment, people. Hold on to the night Hold on to the memories I wish that I could give you something more That I could be yours Here's an unfortunate fact for you, fellas. 40% 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Now, now, there's no need to blush or turn to weirdo solutions because Hims has made it easier and cheaper than ever to turn to real science and medicine. Hims is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and yes, sexual wellness for men. And they are sweetening the deal for 302010 listeners by letting you try a month of Hims for just five bucks by going to 4hims.com slash TTT. Truth! Erectile dysfunction is more common than you think, and yes, over 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. But you can confront that problem head-on with HIMSS because they offer access to real doctors and medical-grade solutions. For one, these aren't snake oil pills or gas station supplements. HIMSS offers you easy access to real generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions. One of these well-known pills starts with a V and just came off patent if you catch my drift. Second, HIMSS allows you to avoid awkward doctor visits and waiting rooms. All you do is go to 4 answer some quick questions, and chat with a doctor for a confidential review. And lastly, to save you even more time, HIMSS ships your order directly to your door so you can avoid those agonizing waits at a pharmacy. I love saying this, HIMSS is hard made easy. If you are ready to deal with issues of sexual performance, why not rely on prescription solutions backed by science? And yes, save yourself a ton of money and time in the process. So why not try HIMSS for a month today for just five bucks? Yes, you can get started for just five bucks while supplies last. See the website for details. And remember, this could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. All you got to do is go to 4 slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. Adulting. It's not as easy as it sounds. I've officially spent about half my life out of my parents' house, and I still forget to change my toothbrush out on time. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, we're not long enough, and some of that has to do with brands focusing on selling you flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing. But not Quip, because Quip electric toothbrushes are all about the health over height, and they're a lot cheaper than what you'd find in most stores, starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com T3 right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Yet they still pack just the right amount of vibrations to help keep your teeth clean. And Quip's got a built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. And Quip's refill plans aren't just for your health, they're for your convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Even better, Quip comes with a wall mount that suctions right to your mirror, and you you can easily unstick it to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. And yes, everybody loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, they were named one of Time Magazine's Best Inventions, and Quip is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Quip is backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers who use Quip every day. Quip sets start at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com TTT, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash three T's to get your first refill pack free. 
favorite one-hit wonders. Love Say it Tonight by Eli Cherry. Yep. Eli Cherry. His, his sister also has one of my favorite one-hit wonders. Nina Cherry? Yeah. N- Buffalo Stance. Yeah. yeah. We all stand in a Buffalo Stance. I don't know what the fuck that means, Ooh. but it's a great song. Don't you mess with me. Uh, but that's that's out this week off of Eli Cherry's album Desireless. And see uh, see what's, what's ahead of me here in the notes to say. Thank you, Di. Uh, new releases <laughs> Come to My House by Shaka Khan. Uh, the Swarm by Wu-Tang Killer Bees, uh, who are not associated with the Wu-Tang Clan? What the fuck? Can you, can you just no. do that? Uh, and Confessions no. of Fire by uh, Cam, Cam... How do you say his name? Cameron? It's not Cameron. Cameron. Cameron uh, G-Funk Classes, Volume 1 and 2 uh, by Nate Dogg, his solo debut. Happy Pills by Candlebox. Life in 1472 by Jermaine Dupree. And of course, Picnic of Love by Anal Cunt. <laughs> you know that's what Sam and I danced to for our first dance together. I, I can see. I hear it <laughs> knocks uh, the boy is mine off the charts next week. Sure. <laughs> Ooh, take that, anal cunt. Uh, but what the fuck, uh, Wu Tang Killer B? I guess Wu Tang is a film reference, and they don't mm-hmm. fucking own that. I guess. Yeah, I guess you can't trademark Wu Tang. If it's I, confusing I because could, there's so many like offshoots from Wu-Tang Clan and side projects that I would have assumed. Yeah, right. I, I can't believe they got away with that. Uh, but yes, The Boy is Mine is still way up there at number one uh, and will be for a while. <laughs> Let's jump into the movies of 1998 because we are, after all, in 1998 segment, July 20th to the 26th. Uh, a movie, This I remember reading about this movie when it came out because I'd never heard of the series before. 42 oh. Up. Yeah, yeah, I love the 7-Up series. I've never seen one before. I've seen a couple of them. I haven't seen them, seen all of them. I'm pretty sure I did watch 42 Up um, because I I think a lot of them are on Netflix or were on Netflix. Okay. Um, so I, either yeah, I read or fascinating. I, am, I imagine they're really hard to watch because if you don't know what 42 Up is, is it's I cannot do the math here. Fifth, sixth sequel to the movie 7-Up? It's the, this is the sixth. sixth sequel. The sixth yeah. sequel to the... To well, the se- sixth film... Yes. In the series. It's yeah. basically the original version of Boy. Boyhood. Boyhood, sorry. Boyhood, but it's right. but it's also like the original reality show, but it also yeah. wasn't seeking to dramatize anything. Mm-mm. So the early ones are like this is a slice of life. That's what mm-hmm. we promise you, no frills. It's so it's not terribly interesting, but it's terribly interesting that they follow the same Seven subjects, or were they seven years old? Every seven years they make they a were, film. They were seven years old yeah. okay. for the first time. So they're talking to these little kids, and then seven years later they came back and talked to them, and now they're turning into early teenagers. They come back seven years after that, and now they're you know, 14, or they're 21 now. Some of them are like on the right track. Some have like gotten extra surly, and then they're 28, they're 35, they're 42, and uh, uh, they're up to 56. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. And I guess that would that's when I can't do the math here. I'm trying to remember think when that one would have come out. I'm not doing it. Uh, 2012. Oh, okay. That Thank God someone did it for me. Uh, <laughs> also out this week, Billy's Hollywood Screen Kiss, starring Sean Hayes, Brad Rowe, and Paul Bartlett. I actually think I saw this. Comes a comedy about love's close calls. Does that look like a straight man to you? I'd need to meet him before I dare subject him to my gaydar. And near misses. Billy, I'm getting this fine. You know better than this. 
I mean, but if he's feeling these feelings and he's having problems exploring them, I want to be there. It's, it's odd. That's Sean Hayes looking mm-hmm. young as shit, but also dressed exactly like me in, in 1998. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was a look. Yeah, I was looking. I I do remember this. I I think I saw this late night on HBO because it's like not a lot of gay films happening at this point. So um, no, it it was like this and like the what is it? The Lonely Hearts Club. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, Jeffrey Jeffrey's my jam. Mm. And of (laughs) course, Tu Wong Fu. Tu Wong Fu. And but this I probably did. It's like it's a romantic comedy just mm -hmm. about boys who kiss boys. Love it. Sick. My favorite Um, kind of boy. And uh, who could forget? I see. I just ran through Billy's Hollywood screen kiss so we could talk all about Jane Austen's Mafia, uh, which doesn't get funnier than its title. Uh, but uh, Jay Moore, Christina Applegate, Olympia Dukakis, and Lloyd Bridges. And I think is this the first movie the Zucker's Abrams made after the whatever split they went through? Yeah, or that was basketball? I think so. No, basketball. We've gotten a couple weeks. So okay, but that's yeah, what I remember. They the, the, close split. The guys from Airplane and Naked Gun had like split up and were making competing movies this summer mm-hmm. uh and this was jay moore's it's mostly a godfather and goodfellas parody right hmm. right and there's plenty plenty to do there um i watched several trailers trying to find something there's so so many it's just physical jokes yeah the uh Side the gags. best the, the best like verbal like joke that would carry on audio uh was about uh the, the little italian children and he is a poor flower seller and then oh the mob boss comes to him and the little girl goes run florist run oh oh that hurts me oh. i don't yeah, like you that you put your butt shit you put your best shit in the trailer nice Oof. timely wait that was four fucking years ago what are you doing any mm. <laughs> Uh, speaking of timely, uh, that's a terrible segue, but I did see this movie, uh, starring James Marsden, Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl, and William Sadler, uh, Disturbing Behavior. Hey there, dancing queen. Rachel has a style all her own, but in Cradle Bay. Gavin thinks some sinister force is taking over the Cradle Bay meatheads. Standing out with every successive kid we are getting closer has made her a target. Ah! Oh, you go out with me? No. What up? Katie Holmes. Disturbing behavior. Rated R. Oh my God! This song. <laughs> I want to hear more Harvey Danger. Wait, yes, me too. I mean, guys, I'm not kidding. Harvey Danger is my favorite band. Yeah, no, you, I think you said this whole. You told me one time this whole album is actually really great. It's perfect. Never took you up on it. It's a perfect album because that might actually be my one of my favorite one fit wonders. Sorry, oh, absolutely! Eagle-eyed. And this is the worst song in the album. That's impossible. It's a perfect wow. album. I'm not kidding. You're a private helicopter lady. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Lucky I remember that. I, it's some really old radio memory. But we're trying to get the, all these out of the way. Uh, disturbing behavior. The only thing I really remember about it, and I couldn't connect it researching for the show, but I saw a movie in the '80s called Strange Behavior that's hmm. exactly like this. And I've seen it multiple times since, and I know it's exactly like this. And I thought they were somehow connected, but I couldn't find any official connection. So what is it? Is it like the jocks are being possessed? Yeah, like something like that. Like this, this, this thing is taking over people. What but are they doing? It's like, this analogy for the a caste system. Like it's only happening to like the popular kids and people kind of... Eh. I can't remember, actually. I've seen strange behavior way more gotcha. than I've seen disturbing behavior. And yeah, we- I want to say the adults are experimenting on the kids to, like, make the teens behave themselves. Or maybe to make them super soldiers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't bother. Yeah. So okay. I'm sorry. Look, we have a really big movie to really talk about big. next. And it's long. I had to watch that. 
Yeah. yeah. And and we did too we watched uh, it. together. And I love that you wrote down so many members of the yes. cast. Because like if I said all these people are in a movie, it'll probably take you a second to realize what movie it is. If I'm like, uh, hey, this movie has Giovanni Ribisi, Brian Cranston, <laughs> Paul Giamatti, Vin Diesel, Ted Danson, Dennis Farina, uh, of course, Tom Sizemore, Matt Damon, Ed Burns, Adam Goldberg, and of course, uh, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And the number one movie at the box office, everyone got the fuck out of the way, Saving Private Ryan. These two men died in Normandy. This one in Omaha Beach. Sean Ryan. This one in Utah. Peter Ryan. This man was killed last week in New Guinea. Daniel Ryan. The three men are brothers, sir. I've just learned that this afternoon their mother is getting all three telegrams. That's not all. There's a fourth brother, the youngest. He's somewhere in Normandy. We don't know where. That boy's alive. We're going to send somebody to find him. And we're going to get him the hell out of there. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Dale Dyer. Yeah. yeah. Dyer. Oh, Diane wasn't here to watch it with us. Thank God Sam's here. That's like the second movie recently. He's pointed out Dale. What's his name in? Dale Dye. Dale, he's a he's real a... military consultant. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, he's veteran. a captain. He's a military consultant uh, all the way back to platoon. Uh same Private Ryan. He put these guys through boot camp. Yeah, that's and he gets to pop up in the movie. As mm-hmm. does so many. That was so distracting. Was how it? many people popped up? And I was like, holy shit, is that Paul Giamatti? Yeah. Holy shit, is that Brian Cranston? Yeah. It is a little. Like, might be my only criticism, to be honest, is that it is a little distracting to be like, holy shit, but this it, person. It wasn't at the oh, time. Nathan Fillion. Nathan yeah, Fillion. Nathan Fillion as exactly. the wrong Ryan. Yep. Um, that it wasn't so at the time. No one knew who any of these people were, with the exception sure. of Ted nope. Danson, who's there for like, was this? Would you fill in for somebody as a as a friendly gesture? You're mm-hmm. barely here, buddy. But no one knew who Paul Giamatti or Vin Diesel were. Like Brian like Cranston, one yeah. one year later, all the young people in this movie were top lining films. That's how big this film mainly was. mainly Boiler Room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Matt Damon. Like you didn't really know Matt Damon wasn't totally a star yet um yeah, no he was the good he's goodwill hunting yeah yeah and yeah so I mean you know him from that but that's about it but I haven't watched this movie I rented it to watch for our buddy Aziz for a talking Oscars project he was working on and I didn't finish it uh because I fell asleep but this one I was well, at f- it's, it's like 245 so right yeah. it's it, long. I, w- I was at full attention watching it with uh Sarah and yeah I I'm not I'm not equipped to say what's the best World War II movie ever, but I kind of filed this away and like, yeah, that's movie's fine, but it's hack dad shit. But it mm. was really fucking good. It was a really cool watch. I don't know. Hmm. Cool thing to say about it. It's yeah. a cool watch. Yeah, it Saving a, Private Ryan. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the film education background that both you and Diana have. So like, I, I feel weird saying this, but I kind of think it's kind of a perfect movie. Mm. Like I just, mm. I have nothing to say about it. That's bad on. I mean, like I, I can't see any fault at it as purely like a movie consumer. Mm. Someone who doesn't have mm-hmm. like a film uh, education background, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. That's a weird on, thing to say. On a technical level. Yeah. It is perfect. Yeah. I mean, the directing is out fucking standing. Yeah. Possibly Spielberg's best work. Got to yeah. go there. Yeah. Um, you know, screenplay wise, it was more complicated than I remembered it. I'm glad I rewatched it for this because otherwise I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's really good. It's bloody. It's gory. It's gung ho. I get, but it was more morally complicated than I remembered it being. Right. Uh huh. And it, you know, we love World War II because that's the good war where we were fighting the absolute worst guys possible. And Mm -hmm. 
this has a lot more ambiguity in it than I remembered there being mm -hmm. that, you know, and Tom Hanks has, there's a point where Tom Hanks is like, he's the perfect leader, but he starts to break down and he sends him on a dangerous mission because, because he kind of thinks like, it, well, if we don't do it, the next guys will have to do it. And it's right. like, well, fine. Then we let were, the next guys do it. We actually, this isn't your job. We actually and almost had the one killed. We actually almost had to pause the film. Cause like Sam who watches the movie, like to go to sleep. Yeah. He watches it a lot. <laughs> like he's like, this scene is fucking terrible. Yeah. He hates it. And so we kept having to try and discuss his motives. The only thing I could come to is that yes, the, uh, Three out of the four male Ryans have died in a one-week period uh, mm -hmm. during World War II. So uh, a platoon of a couple guys are sent to go in there and find the last surviving Ryan and bring him back so a mother doesn't lose four of her children in mm -hmm. one week. Uh, they're you know, filled with bravado, gung-ho, and resent the idea that they have to leave the front lines to go find one guy who gets a free ticket out of the war. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very resentful of that. So I think that scene... Where where Tom Hanks like really fucks up is just sort of like no I want to be I want to do war again. <laughs> I think it's that I think it's also that you know we're on this mission to save this one guy. He felt useless for like a very personal reason. That's not for his this personal mom. reason. Whereas we could save a whole platoon of yeah. or group of guys by like taking this side yeah. venture and potentially saving a lot more people. Mm -hmm. Which you know we're here we're okay. alive. Yeah. I want to be productive a in. And be be efficient, be of use. To, That's to definitely this class. A, a philosophy yeah. of ethics question. I think that you know, but the, but, you have to but ask. Then it follows up with a, an even bigger ethical question, and that they've killed all the guys that were going to ambush them except for one, mm -hmm. and he surrendered. And that becomes the big argument of the film that they almost start coming to blows with. Like Ed Burns is like, "Fuck you! I'm not taking orders from you anymore." Yeah. Because Tom Hanks is like, "Yeah, let's not." And everyone's like we should just shoot him and leave. Yeah. And like, he's like, no, no, we'll let him go. And then it turns out he comes back and starts killing them again. Yeah. And, it's and, like, but what choice did that guy have? Right. 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 Once he's out on the road and he gets picked up by the rest of the Nazi army, it's not like he's going to be like, oh, no, no, I got tagged. So <laughs> yeah, I have to exactly. go home. Oh, Klaus, no, it looks like you've been through good a game. lot. Sit down. Yeah. Have some, have some good cocoa. Game, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go get some orange slices. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and oh, just, that was a lot more complicated than I remember it as being. I remember it being like, oh, it was it was bad because it's I mean, it's up for argument. Is it bad because it's war and that guy's just going to come back and kill our buddies? Or yeah. are we, you know, let's be better than Nazis yeah. and give this guy a chance. Well, that's why I feel like this movie is to like I keep using the word perfect, obviously, like nothing's perfect. But I mean, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's so great because it does make you ask all these like really deep, you know, philosophical, moral Questions. I was a mm -hmm. philosophy major growing up. We like, or I mean, growing up mm -hmm. in undergrad, in a different life, in a different mm -hmm. life, and like you know, you do these thought experiments a lot when you study ethics, and it's especially affecting when you. I mean, we talked about what is the right choice to make while mm -hmm. we were sitting on the couch watching this movie in between my mm -hmm. ugly cries, and <laughs> <laughs> and when you think about these young men, teenagers, mm -hmm. a lot of them having to make mm -hmm. these decisions on the fly with a gun to their head quite often. Like, how? Like, the things that were asked of these 
these kids is just it's insane when you think about it and when you see it through that lens yeah yeah and that's that's another thing i really love in addition to the cinematography and just we were watching it on our big screen and like those practical effects like the real scenery of everything oh, makes it God. so fucking beautiful yes. and like it makes rubble gorgeous mm-hmm. i kind of roll my eyes at a lot of world war ii movies i think i compared it to like mm-hmm. hacksaw ridge which looks like if it's not a bunch of cg it's like they set off a bunch of smoke Mm-hmm. And like, and it's a bunch of rah rah horseshit. Whereas this is like really rubs your face in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, I I don't have Diana's knowledge of old film, but right. most Night, movies way. from World War II and afterwards were a lot of rah rah rah. Mm-hmm. Let's go oh, America! Yeah. And when people get shot, oh, tell my wife I love her. And like it. <laughs> Uh, like, and it's not painful yeah. to watch. And like, oh man, yeah, Giovanni Ribisi's death. I remember it being <laughs> really hard to watch. And this time, I was like, it, it was. I could feel it in my stomach. It's mm-hmm. too much. And also Adam Goldberg's oh. death. Adam oh. Goldberg's death yeah. Adam kills Goldberg. me every time. Wait, I mean, wait, honestly, wait. he's my <laughs> favorite. I have to say, this is a finally a movie I saw where if I were a man serving in the U.S. Army in the Euro- in Europe in World War II, this, he was doing exactly what I was doing, going up to lines of yep. captured Nazi soldiers <laughs> and going, hi, Juden. 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 Yeah. Like, I'm a Jew. Oh Jew my God. captured, you fuckers. Hi. How you doing? But hey, I'm a Jew. Did I mention I'm a Jew? <laughs> this, so like, a, we, like a Jewish Bugs Bunny. <laughs> when we were watching it, we got through like, you know, the scene where they're all coming on to the beach the and Normandy just getting mowed down. Yeah. And I was like full ugly crying the entire time. Pull myself together. And then we get to the point where they find the knife and someone hands it to Adam Goldberg mm. and he's like, it's a hollow knife now. And then he breaks down and then bam, full yeah. ugly cry again. Like I could, it, that to me is like Adam Goldberg's both times he's like really featured that mm-hmm. point and his death are like the two points that are kind of the most affecting to me in the entire film, to be honest, because it's so personal. Yeah, it just I, I think mm-hmm. the movie's probably because it's too long or mm-hmm. very long that it's just there's I don't know, like I could I could watch 20 minutes of this movie at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it probably gets run every like on TNT every like Memorial Day. But like I'm not watching fucking yeah. a three hour movie with commercials in it on <laughs> Memorial Day. I think that's okay, why Sam watches speaking- it so much. Speaking of, so I watched this on July 4th because I knew it was coming up and I Mm. thought, perfect, July 4th, American Army, yay, war, it's sad. But uh, I forgot, I live in one of the only cities in the Bay Area where fireworks are legal. So I I got the full surround sound thing going on where there would be just little pops in the background of scenes. And I wasn't sure if it's like, oh, that's a small arms fire off in the distance or it's my neighbor's kids just came out and there'd be like a flash of light and boom. And be like, ah, oh. Wait, no, okay, that one was outside. That one was outside. <laughs> I, I got to give a shout out. It to was St- very immersive. Got to give a shout out to Stefan who handed me a set of surround sound speakers for free 13 years ago and they've never broke. They're mm. the ugliest piss, <laughs> but there's very few movies that take advantage of them as much as mm. these sequences do. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was this movie was the reason for one of the biggest fights I've ever had with my parents. Actually, really? <laughs> when it came out on DVD, my parents had a really good surround sound system, and they had a uh, dinner party to watch the like have dinner and then watch the movie with some friends. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to watch it because I hadn't seen it yet. I didn't see it in the theaters. And I would think I was in eighth grade or whatever. And they wouldn't let me watch it because they thought it would be too much for me. And we had, I mean, I've never slammed my door at my parents <laughs> until that fight. Like that was one of the worst Cranks fights we ever Eagle had. Cranks up Eagle Eye Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's to say, 
it, it's a good surround sound. <laughs> and well, maybe they were right. Those look how upset yeah. you were. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't. Uh-huh. We've known each other for like Should've... 15 years. You've never. I don't think you've ever seen me cry. Well, like that. I mean, I do. I do that kind of shit in movies all the time in yeah. dark rooms where I'm, we're not. We can't see each other. <laughs> and I, I'd say that all the time now when I watch World War II things and knowing more about it, which is still very little. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not very smart or well read. Mm. I just watch a lot of movies. Um, but but it it does make me misty the idea that I think. Some culture had to throw all like a generation of young men at one another until they blew each other up to yeah. know that this this is not a good way to solve anything and we should avoid this at all cost for the future. And and up until recently mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, we won't ever do this again because of what people like my grandfather did. Right. Uh mm. people won't even strive to achieve goals like that because of the potential of having to fight a war like that. Achieve goals like what? What? Uh, racial superiority, oh, 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 gotcha, uh, gotcha, annexing gotcha. countries that aren't Sorry, yours. I didn't follow you for a second. But yeah. like, seriously, I think like yeah. any, oh, yeah, like just put whatever accent you want. No, we would not want to do that to our people. Like, mm. let's let's not go there. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I saw the movie in the summer of 1998 and I did a little traveling and I went down to, um, I went down to South Florida and like, uh, that's on the tip of like, I was talking about old World War II movies are mm-hmm. like, very positive, very optimistic, mm-hmm. very sometimes propagandy, and uh, not the band. I just I put a Y at the end. I don't want to confuse it with propagandy. That's a different thing. Um, but I was like, I just couldn't stop talking about the movie, and let's call him Uncle Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, I find out, oh, shit, he was in World War II? Let's talk about Saving Private Ryan. And my cousin's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He is pissed at Steven Spielberg. He says he wants to kill him. Hmm. He mm. did not like his experience seeing Saving Private Ryan. He doesn't like to talk about that experience. Mm-hmm. And usually when he goes to a movie to, this is implied, right. but to see a World War II movie, it's not what Saving Private Ryan was. Right. And it really, really bothered him. Mm-hmm. So, of course, my response was, pussy, why won't you talk about it? No, no, of course I wasn't. That's the, <laughs> that's the lesson there. When someone tells you, like, hey, maybe don't say that word or talk about yeah. this thing because there's historical trauma you can't possibly relate to behind it. Maybe just fucking yeah. relax and... But but yeah, he couldn't. My grandfather never talked about it. Right. He went down on a fucking Same. ship somewhere, and like I still don't know all the details. They're like written down somewhere, and my mom's trying to find them because right. he doesn't talk about his World War II trauma. Well, the didn't. scary the scary thing about this too is that we are probably going to be the last generation that this is a personal thing for because mm. we know our grandparents and huh. watching this movie. Like both my grandparents or both my grandfathers were. Definitely fought in World mm-hmm. War II. My um, mom's dad was in the Pacific Theater, but I have his yearbooks actually from high school, and they all the yearbook signatures in there were signed to him because he was already gone before he even truly graduated from high school. He oh, had God. already left, Jesus. so all of the signatures in his yearbook were, you know, good luck, Kurt. You know, like try to kill all the <laughs> bad guys, basically. You That'd know, be a Nazi, will you? And, yeah, and his sister like gathered the yearbooks for him. So I mean, this is the last. Jesus. We're the last <laughs> generation. I feel like where this is, we've had personal experience with people who were there who were really doing it. It's kind of scary to think about that, mm. like this yeah. personalization, this feeling m- will go away probably. Right, because I, I feel like I grew up into 
in a period of World War II, World War II nostalgia that I was almost fucking tired of it. Yes, but we will. Yeah. But we will be the last people to know these people. Mm-hmm. We will be the last generation to know these people. Mm-hmm. And that, exactly. that's coming up. That's coming up. Not not too. Mm-hmm. It's not too far away. The last World mm-hmm. War II veteran dying. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably like. Yeah. This, I thought about that, or I thought, hey, I'm gonna. It's prob. It's pretty likely I will live to see the last Nazi die. Yeah, the last Nazi Nazi, but that means I might also live to see the last Holocaust survivor die. Right, and yeah. I'm not okay with that part at all. Yeah, because yeah, we need those eyewitnesses to tell their stories about what they went through, and that's the interesting thing about Saving Private Ryan. I also kind of forgot about the framing device of mm-hmm. an old guy going to the Normandy Cemetery, mm-hmm. and kind of how shocking at the end where he, he's like, you know, tell me I'm a good man, tell me I lived a good life. You think, yeah. like, why would you even question that? Look what you did. Mm-hmm. But he, of course, he'd still question that. Yeah. Because we're human. And mm-hmm. yeah, throw a bunch of kids with some rifles at each other. And uh, the war sucks, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting upset at the notion right now. And then <gasps> their horrible baby boomer children just took every, all the good that they did and shat on it and then gave it to their millennial kids oh. to deal with. So, but not in the movie. Nope. <laughs> That's the sequel. That's the sequel. <laughs> yeah. So your husband we'll went say, off on okay. that too. It's like, calm know, down. That never happened. <laughs> Nothing like that happened. It's happening right it now. It is happening, but not in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. It was also weird to see this as it's like, well, it's it's not a prequel. It's an interquel to a band of brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a bunch of times they talk about the 101st Airborne. Oh, yes. yeah. Well, uh, Charlie Company and Dog Company, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what about Easy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I know where they are. And, David Schwimmer is yelling at them. And yeah, you're right. That's important to mention too, Di, that this this movie kicked off, I think, some of the greatest miniseries mm-hmm. we've ever seen Yeah, um, that I think gets more airplay than Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pacific, not as much, but Band of Brothers, oh, God damn, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Pacific- was the best, That was the best movie that year put together, honestly. <laughs> but Pacific, we'll not there. so much, just because the Pacific Theater was so- ugly and so yeah. bad and there's no like there's no way to paint over there's that. no way to sugarcoat no, it with heroism like no nah, it's yeah. a bunch of starving and malaria it's just the worst <laughs> yeah it's really bad uh, um they depict that very nicely of like oh dear god yeah this is literal hell oh yeah. this is what hell looks like thank you exactly i mean now i know Back to Saving Private Ryan as a movie, too, just like as a non sequitur. I think this is like the best performance of every actor that we named. Yeah, I think so. I think that like yeah. this movie and Steven Spielberg like brought out the best performance out of all of them. And I remember I know I never want to see uh, Tom Sizemore exactly. at, at Burns ever again. We were just talking about that like after the movie. I was like, damn, Tom Sizemore really squandered yeah. his shit. Yeah. Really squandered it. Yeah, I think yeah. it, oh, he's great. You know what this makes it? This is the 20th anniversary of one of my catchphrases. You says the title, you wins the movie. What? Because oh. we said that. Oh, my, yeah. Uh, my friends and I, we first said that about saving Private Ryan, where Tom Sizemore gets the title line. And I was like, well, he says the title, you wins the movie. And oh, then damn. we kept saying it. And then I keep saying it now, <laughs> 20 years later. Nice. It'll catch yeah, on. Tom Sizemore's great in this. And yeah, he squandered his career yeah. because uh, drugs. What you? For the record, none of you guys know the glory of coke and prostitutes. And if you want to see any more of that, don't uh, we? Look up, look up those words with Tom Sizemore. Yeah, on how do you know, man? <laughs> I don't. Not yet. I'm waiting. I'm saving I'll live that. Live some lives. I'm saving that. God, our Patreon's going to have to go up before that ever happens. <laughs> um, you don't know me. You don't know. Yeah, my life. you don't know my life. <laughs> I have some hookers made out of cocaine here it's right now. All cokes and prostitutes in my house. <laughs> Cokes and hoes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, I love it. Good job. I did. I did, but if I can uh, just to surmise my 
some of my experience. I, I didn't think I'd walk out of saving Pri- a review of Saving Private Ryan. I would say ten years from a full viewing, thinking I'd like it this much. Let alone that I think it's if it's not the greatest World War II movie ever made, it's the greatest World War II movie ever made in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of those are high praise. I agree. Um, yeah. But I still want you to watch Midnight Run instead. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so good. Serrano's got the diss. Dennis watch Freen is, he's in both <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Freen, Freen is, is, is doing both definitely watch SPF or SPR <laughs> and then watch Midnight Run as a little palate cleanser yeah a six hour experience uh-huh. enjoy um, any, anything else on Saving Private Ryan nope uh, I was surprised worth a rewatch that's, yeah. that's the bottom line glad we do this it was one of those things that made me think I'm glad we do the show because mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't wouldn't really watch any just any given movie on its anniversary but I did pick up the Blu-ray which has a giant 20th anniversary sticker and I find myself resenting that because, like, hey, man, 302010 did the work. <laughs> you don't have to spoil it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> don't spoil it. It's coming up on the show. The um, whole time, too, when we were watching it, Antisa just kept petting my, patting my foot, saying, don't worry, we'll watch a girl movie soon. <laughs> I said that, like, twice. I was trying to comfort you. I know. But not, not too hard in front of your husband. <laughs> <laughs> you need to work on your comforting. Um, but just pat your foot. Throw a blanket on you. I don't know how, how else to deal with the crying ladies. Um. Oh Jesus. Well, do we really? Yeah, I guess we should go into TV then. But watch Saving Private Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. if you if you ever liked it, this, I'm just speaking from my experience. You you'll like it even more now. Yeah. The older you are. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought I wouldn't, and I did. Uh, TV can't say the same for. Um, Poodle Springs, an HBO movie with a uh, what? Uh, James Con, David Keith. You sure you don't mean Keith David? <laughs> nope. Because I'm not David watching. Keith. It's uh, very confusing. Uh, no, D- this wait, is Dina, a Dina Meyer, adaptation of a, a Raymond Chandler book. It, it also stars Dina Meyer, Brian Cox, and who, Diana, your husband, coined in an article one time, career slob Joe Don Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell. 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 Yeah, what? I mean, come on, it's a Philip Marlowe story written by Tom Stoppard. I kind of want to find this now. Oh, all right. All right. Um, yeah. I'll tell you. I'm, I'm down with some good old-fashioned noir. Uh, I'll tell you what I didn't want to find this week, but it was interesting enough to grab a clip from. Mm-hmm. Ellen is over. Is Aww. over. The, the show Ellen is over after five seasons. Her first of two sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Her first of four shows with yeah. the word Ellen yeah. in it. Yeah. I believe it began as a show called These Friends of Mine that was centered around Ellen. Uh, a mm-hmm. straight woman. A straight single woman trying mm-hmm. to find love. And I believe we discussed it on 302010. The, the puppy episode. The puppy yep. show. Uh, she came out of the closet, and um, after that, the ratings sort of declined. And I, I have to not recommend going on the Wayback Machine and looking up comments uh, about this episode twenty years ago. Because oh, if you <laughs> think people are unenlightened now, uh, even like I'm gay, and this was too much preachy bullshit. Go away, Ellen. Oh. What? <laughs> like, but it is bizarre because the show said this is uh, episode's called the Vows, mm-hmm. and Ellen's parents renew their vows, and caught up in all the. The fracas of a wedding, uh, Ellen sort of proposes to her girlfriend, Lori. Pointing out, like, 20 years ago, sitcom with a starring a lesbian who has a girlfriend. I don't Have we seen that again? Kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we have a sitcom yep. starring a Ooh. lesbian? I can't think of one um, mm-hmm. unless there's, like, a missing season of Will and Grace. A couple of bisexual. Okay. Like, they're... Um, just recently in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm-hmm. Rosa came out as bi. Okay. Okay, but um, th- this. Oh yeah, there's a lesbian in uh, Jane the Virgin. Okay, but but a central figure. No. Yeah, I can't think of any. 
Uh, and this this is this is a very dated clip, but I thought it was you know kind of important to revisit. Talking about being married to her girlfriend. Ellen, about earlier, I wanted to say you don't need to say anything. We don't need to talk about it. No, 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 no. We do because because I think that I hurt you and I didn't mean to. See, I know that a lot of people feel differently about this, but to me, gay weddings are just a sad reminder of of what we can't really have. That somehow our love is less legitimate because it doesn't rate a government endorsement. You know what? I I would love to marry you. I I would love to have just a big old wedding, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out until we can have the real thing. That's okay. I don't think that's what I wanted anyway. You see that? My dad has been buttoning my mom's coat for 40 years, and for 40 years she's never told him she hates that top button button. <laughs> That's what I want. It's what you have. No ceremony could make me feel any more committed to you than I do right now. Let me close out with, I, I don't know if it's the next girl-on-girl kiss on the mm-hmm. show, but I don't think it's something, oh, well, they went to that often. That essentially ends the show, and then you have a credit sequence where Brian Doyle Murray is drunk. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but let Aww. me bring... And that's, I, hmm. I have to mention that the marriage they're talking about is a commitment ceremony. There yeah. was no state with gay marriage yet in right. 98. Right. I mean, the closest one was what? Um, Massasatch? Well, the closest Hawaii, one Hawaii, it looks it. like they, yeah. they had a ruling that it was going to be allowed and then they had a, a vote and there was not. Yeah, Hawaii had And then eventually Massachusetts minutes, did. And okay. then Massachusetts. But at that point, California did have like a domestic... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have domestic partnership. Partnership. Which I was. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was a domestic partner with my future husband. Sinner! Is a Sinner! Great system. <laughs> Sorry. All right. It was a great system I could get onto his health insurance. I know. Uh, and, you know, the state would look at us as... Well, you know, we could get married, but we're not. But you can't discriminate saying you're not gay. You can't have this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So straight people could get domestic partnerships, too. But you got some of the rules, like you got some of the benefits state by state. But, you know, not much. Like the best one was that I could get health insurance through his work. Yeah. And none of the federal benefits that really make the biggest difference generally. It only took another day. Like the big ones. Yeah. I thought it was important to play. It's no, just, it it's, definitely it's, it's, is. It's a nice little time capsule that we all live through and hopefully won't go relive again. Yeah. Remember to vote this year. Well, and her girlfriend like perfectly encapsulates, I think, how mm-hmm. a lot of gays and lesbians felt at that time. We're just mm-hmm. like, we still aren't considered like full class citizens, so why even go through like this farce of a commitment ceremony? Or basically. me with my ex, like, yeah. I'd love to marry you, babe, but I don't think it's fair until everybody has that right. Oh, and then, no. then it happened without warning, and I felt a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll bring the, bring the vibe back to silliness because this show concludes. You make man no woman woman. Woo! The show Weird Science concludes. Am I the only one who loves this show that I'm talking to yeah, right I've now? Never seen it. Never seen it. Never seen it. The look here's I've a seen the movie. Hot take. It's way better than the movie. The movie what? holds up oh. like absolute ass and is problematic AF. And but the the show is just pretty fucking charming. And <laughs> look to maybe appreciate it on the level that I do. 
you had to spend a lot of Saturday nights at home alone <laughs> when you were a teenager. It was like the check. F- check. It was, it, it, this it was in a block with Duckman on USA, and it was like kind of like the funniest thing that was on if you were seriously not invited out to go do stuff on weekends. And I, I really did love this show. And all of a sudden, like in a pre-internet world, it disappeared. Didn't know if it was canceled, and there were six episodes unaired. The show hadn't been shot since early 1997. Uh, but this oh week, I think, God. yeah, I think the Sci-Fi Channel picked up the syndication rights, and they just finally aired the last episode of the show Weird Science, based on the John Hughes movie. But this, I swear, is much better and stars Vanessa Angel uh, of Kingpin, and also the most beautiful woman in the world. And it's, it's just very weird because I, I, I love this show. I know, like, when I talked to like Dave and Brett, we we all had similar experiences. Love the show. And then, did you ever have a show that you loved and you watched forever and then, like, you never saw it again and you never saw anybody who was in it in anything else ever again? Hmm. That's my experience mm-hmm. with Weird Science. That's I guess weird. the guy who, who plays Chet instead of Bill Paxson uh, is the guy who, uh, he's in Wayne's World and he's the guy who shit in the Nazi's face in Oz, uh, Tobias Beecher. <laughs> he plays Chet in this. But, uh, yeah, I really, really liked this as a show. When I finally saw the movie, I was mildly disappointed. But, uh, yeah, Weird Science closes its doors this week, and we uh, I don't know if you'll ever see it again. But let's close out this segment with uh, Nobody Does It Better by Nate Dogg featuring Warren G. Come back and we'll regulate some 2008. Me and Nate Dogg is a match. Strike two, two. Leave them standing still in their track. Strike three. You can call us 213. It's the L and the B that makes me act like a G. My exhibition started back in 93. When one nobody listening but Warren and me. To all the non-believers now I bet you see. Nobody does it better than me. They can come closer than close. Yeah. Original, they never be. Take a look at your phone bill, people. I know I'm pretty careful with my mobile service, yet my bill has still gotten a little out of control. Well, there are other options out there, people, like Ting, the best mobile service you've never heard of. Plus, they're offering $25 off your bill or $25 off a new phone in the Ting shop just by going to laser, laser.ting.com. You might not know about Ting. That's Ting like Ting if that makes any sense. You might not know about Ting, but they're a phone service uh, that do things a little differently, starting with their plans. Because there are no plans. Seriously, there is no plans, no contracts, and no startup fees. You simply pay for the data that you use. If so, if you're like me and you're someone who's mostly connected to Wi-Fi all the time, you might be paying more than what you need to for your data right now. For example, the average Ting bill is just $23 per phone. And Ting offers nationwide LTE coverage, so you'll get a great signal from coast to coast. And just so you know, almost any phone will work with Ting. From that ancient Motorola Razr to the latest Galaxy X9 or iPhone 10, you're just a SIM card away from a new phone and a new plan. So if you've had it with a high cost and hidden fees of other service providers, Ting might be for you. And better still, laser timers can get $25 off their bill or $25 off a new phone just by going to laser.ting.com. That's the word laser, T-I-N-G.com for $25 off your bill or a new phone. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching. And yeah, sure, we all, I mean, we always do, I'll find something. Uh, 75 years ago this week, July 21st, 1943, saw the release of Stormy Weather with uh, Lena Horne and Bilbo Jangles Robinson and Cab Calloway. Uh, it's another one of these 
colored musicals they would put out then where they would just take all of their like amazing black talent and just put them all together in one movie because they're being racist but it ends up being great because everyone actually gets to like do their thing instead of just pop in for a number and then pop out from some other musical so that's a pretty good one i think cabin in the sky like a little bit better and then 50 years ago this week 1968 uh saw the release of the devil rides out christopher lee which is one of the better hammer horror movies i'd say uh it has like a 93 percent, i think on rotten tomatoes i'll have to admit i have not seen this one it has a really good reputation though because it was written by richard matheson yay who wrote i am legend and lots of twilight zone and stuff so i i guess i'll throw that as a light recommend i don't know if i'm actually going to recommend it because i haven't seen it so you know let me just throw out band of brothers i mean fuck it i'll call an audible i'll do it live band of brothers is amazing we'll get to it in a couple of years but if for some reason you haven't had enough soul destroying world war ii after rewatching save it private ryan if you haven't watched band of brothers or you haven't seen it in almost 20 years give it a watch it's it's just so well done i i appreciate the moral ambiguity even when you're fighting nazis because i guess nazis are people too but that doesn't mean we should give them platforms and i guess that's it for this week stay classic and now we're standing in the rain But nothing's ever gonna change Until you hear My dear The seven things I hate about you The seven things I hate about you Coming in with seven things Off of a breakout by Miley Cyrus Not to be confused with Eleven Things Which was our Journey cover band uh, <laughs> She... <laughs> She loves 11 things. It's, we, it was a misunderstood lyric. We, gotcha. It's a lot of things. Anyway, <laughs> uh, new releases this week. 2008, July 20th through the 26th, we have Radioactive by McFly, Beautiful Future by, by Primal Scream, Party Traumatic by Black Kids. Uh, that's the name of the band for real. It's Please great. It's a great album, me. by the way. Okay. Into the Sun by Can- Candlebox, their first since Happy Pills that we had in the 1998 segment. Hey. Holy shit. Someone in Florida is shooting off a gun right now. <laughs> they, pew, love, pew. they love their Candlebox down by the sinkholes. Uh, My Paper Heart by Francesca Botticelli. Uh, The Slip by Nine Inch Nails. And Love on the Inside by Sugarland. If you like country, that's a good album. Love on the Inside by Sugarland. Oh, I I thought you were saying Nine Inch Nails. Yes, if you love country, please check out everything Trent Reznor's ever done. I start with a Doom soundtrack. No, I Um, really like Sugarland. They're pretty great. (laughs) Uh, But yes, I Kiss a Girl by Katy Perry is obviously still number one in 2008. You were there. You know what's number one in the movies uh, right now. We just talked about Dark Knight. Making for one of our longest episodes ever. We're going to try not to do that this time. I don't think it'll be as necessary. Because I, I swear to God, I remember much, a much larger gaps in between all of these movies. Or maybe maybe <laughs> my time just was... Yep. I, I just had better time management. Uh, movies of 2008, July 20th to the 26th. We have American Teen. I vaguely remember this documentary. I kind of remember it, yeah, too. Brideshead Revisited. Right. This doesn't need to exist. <laughs> uh, and it's a... About fancy British people doing fancy British things. And mm-hmm. when I say it doesn't need to exist, <laughs> it really doesn't need to exist. Yikes. Because there's a miniseries that's way longer you could enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, only available on 4x3PAL. You want me to play this trailer? Nah, don't even bother. Let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah. No more British crap. Man on Wire. Um, how do you say that guy's yes. name? Felipe, Felipe Petit. Petit. Felipe Petit. Is that the director? Nope, that's the guy. Oh, that's the that's that the, the tightrope walker. On the wire. The man on the wire who walked across the okay. World Trade Center. Who is, no, he's not jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That happened much later. Uh, but yes, it's the documentary that inspired, eventually inspired the Robert Zemeckis movie, The Walk. 
which I think is the last right. Robert Zemeckis movie I could think of. Hmm. Which every review is like, it's fine, but if you watched Man on Wire, why why would you need mm-hmm. to? That is the type. Man on Wire is great. Right. Yeah. It's it's one of the it's one of the best put together documentaries I've ever seen because there was a bunch. Yeah, obviously, there's some video footage of what's actually happening, but like the story is told perfectly fine in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I think in twenty in two thousand eight. We were living in a connected enough world. Like this had been on Netflix streaming, like from the get go. People saw that Robert Zemeckis is casting actors in this story. That yeah, we like the original already. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to do that. We don't live in this world where like we're afraid of documentaries. We have infinite access to this film, and we didn't need a remake of it uh, with with Hollywood celebrities. It also actually yeah. inspired a really great uh, literary fiction novel called "Let the Great World Spin." Uh, which I hmm. totally recommend checking out. Uh, it's hmm. it's a set in New York, right when this is happening, and the walk across the wire is kind of the backdrop for a lot of other stories that are going hmm. on on the ground. It's fantastic. Oh. I still That's might recommend nice. both movies over having to read, though. <laughs> okay. <I'm>, Come on. <laughs> no, but man, man on Wire is you know if you don't like documentaries because right. you think they're boring because you know what's going to happen. This is this is a good place to start because it's a thriller. Yeah. It is paced entirely like a thriller. There is so much. It's like a heist movie. They got to figure out how are they going to get up there and how are they going to get the wire across. And now he's hiding. And oh no, the guard almost found him. And it's so much fun. It's it's really good and it goes well beyond your average like talking heads about an, about an event. I don't know if they shot everything they did while they were doing it or they went back and found other footage of the World Trade Center. But like, there's never really a dull moment in this doc. He said, well, I want to I want to string a wire between uh, the two World Trade Center towers. I knew he was a nut or a con man or something. As a child, I love to climb. Nobody could stop me. If you want something, nothing is impossible. He told me he was a French journalist. It's impossible, that's sure. So let's start working. There's 200 feet between the towers. And there were going to be some guys in the North Tower. The whole idea would be that Jean-Louis would send the arrow from one building to another. What? <laughs> so what, one how, how do you get a rope across the buildings and i i haven't been to the top of the world trade centers my, myself but mm-hmm. the reports i've heard from anybody who has you is like go there quick uh, <laughs> is there still time no. no um that you can visibly see the towers swaying in the breeze mm. yeah you should they not be wa- to do that there is no pole that will save you from the gusts of air that are occurring up there and this guy trained his ass off to somehow withstand all that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. I don't have any phobias except for heights. And even, like, thinking about that makes my <laughs> feet hurt for some reason. Like, it's a physical reaction. Sam has it, too. Like, whenever we're, like, at a very tall place and we look over the side, like, both of our feet start, like, aching. Yeah, I don't know why. It's really weird, and it, I swear it's not a distrust for the hubris of man. Mm-hmm. But, like... Grand Canyon, no problem. I can stick my toes over the edge, mm. wave my butt over, take a pee, fine. But like, but like the second story of a mall, <laughs> I get weak in the knees if I walk close to a rail. Well, there's also that thing where it's like, what if I jump off? Yeah. <laughs> what if I? I mean, what if I do that? Yeah, this might as well be the time. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Maybe that's part of it. I'm afraid I'm going to do that. <laughs> maybe I'll live. I'll be that guy. I'll be on a talk show. If I had the escape the medium of podcasts. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jesus, I revealed too much about myself uh, because this movie, man, did this rub a ton of people the wrong way? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I meant to rewatch this somewhat recently, but even the most uh, ardent X Files fans told me 
not to revisit I Want to Believe mm-hmm. with David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, Amanda Peet, Billy Connolly, and the Not Werewolf movie. I called you in because I valued your belief in this phenomenon. I'm not the most popular girl at the FBI right now. Scully? Mulder. Father Joe claims a psychic connection. So you believe in these sort of things? Let's just say I want to believe. Don't give up. You see? He won the movie, Dime. <laughs> yeah. Dave Duchovny <laughs> won the movie. To believe. You win some movie. <laughs> he wins the movie. I remember I saw this day one, and we all walked out of the theater... It, tremendously disappointed. Not so much with the story, yeah. but with the idea that like this is your first movie in ten years, and it's just an, a, a disappointing episode of the show. You didn't further any of the I don't know the lore or the story along. There was no reason to come back to this once a decade just to get a misleading premise. It's just like another big yeah. episode. Yeah, right? it's a big episode. It's a big Monster of the Week episode. I mean, I feel like it's yeah, just it's not even a good Monster of the Week episode, though. There's no fluke boy. Mm. There's no guy with a tail. Yeah. There was no Ed Asner ghosts. There's Move. no there's no assassin who can see, who can't see uh, anywhere but your peripheral vision. I mean, is it that they're trying to just keep the franchise alive enough for everyone in order to eventually get to this new season that they did a couple years Even ago? Even that was almost ten years later. I know, which which but... X Files fans didn't like again, and like yeah. now the show's like effectively buried and done. Really? Hmm. Well, it, only because like I think I was. I know at, it wasn't received well. I didn't know it was basically done. I think I was at Comic Con, and I, I guess this could be a lesson to all of us, uh, maybe. But uh, I was at Comic-Con. My, my first Comic-Con would actually sit down for panels and stuff, which I do not have the time to hear people improvise how to promote their movie for an hour. <laughs> um, but Chris Carter, David Duchovny were there. And Chris Carter could not have been more of an asshole. He could not have seen, like, he was more resentful to be there. Like, he just didn't give a fuck about the X-Files. Meanwhile, he's been stuck to the helm of it, which my memory of that, like, explains disappointing X-Files stuff. Like, he hates the thing he's forced to do. So a George Lucas kind of thing. <laughs> that I hate that. That's that's annoying. He was so flippant and annoying. Like, what was it like to get Jillian and uh, Jillian and uh, David back together? What would it? What do you want it to be like? Like, oh, what well do you like? Like, dude, fucking fuck like, you, millionaire. Like, I don't know. Yeah, don't like, do it then. Come up with like, a come up with a, a hokey answer or something like yeah, that. You don't what have to do you be need, complete a fourth dick. house. Like, give me a fucking and break. Of course, David Duchovny's there to not be a dick and yeah. like jump in and answer a question. For, anyway, that was and then that was that was it during the promotion for this film. So I guess I was going in with a little sour grapes anyway. But I'm not the biggest X Files fan. That's that's really more Brett's territory. I, I, I don't remember this movie very well. Do you? Uh, no, no, I found it pretty forgettable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I, I mean, I guess it made sense to be, before we started restarting series mm. that had been gone for a really long time to restart the X-Files as a movie series makes perfect sense. And then mm-hmm. you got a little bit of room to breathe and you can do a monster of the week and maybe throw in a little bit of lore in there and, and keep it nice and evened out. And, and that's, that's fine. That makes a lot of sense to me compared to actually bringing back the series. Uh, and this was just sort of like a, eh? yeah. it's like, it yeah. almost felt like a different script that they put the X-Files on. In, in, in that weird world where, like, um, all right, our X-Files movie's out. Any, what's the plan next? Mm-hmm. Plan? Mm. But, no, what? Yeah. Anything oh, else shit. happening? We just tried to make a bunch of money. What? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all came back to make a bunch of money real fast. We didn't know there was going to be a plan. What? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, but, so of the two, even though I was pretty dismissive of uh, Fight the Future, which we only talked about, well, like, a month or two ago yeah, for 98, that, long, that yeah. is far superior to this one yeah. and I love Billy Connolly and I'm sad whenever he's in something bad yeah 
Yeah, me and too. And I love Amanda Pete, and she's in many bad things. <laughs> she really... Oh, hey, she's if, in Tomcats, isn't she? What's Tomcat? Oh my God, is that like the Jerry O'Connell movie? Yes. Oh, oh my God, yes, I don't even know <laughs> that one, but yeah, one she's them, in. A it might be the most sexist movie I have ever seen. Ooh, oh shit! Holy shit! I mean, Saving and, Silverman's and pretty that's bad a high too. Bar. You so. should you should see what's been streaming on our Facebook page. Um, <laughs> Uh, sorority girls in the slime bowl bolorama? No, all right. Um, oh no, feminist masterpiece in comparison. Come on, they yeah. have agency. I was judging. Is there choice to be in the slime bowl bolorama? <laughs> You're right. I was I was judging a book by its poster. Um, but uh, the in the much better film that is much more finally remembered. Yes, oh, we have a ladies. we we have a, a I feel it's a movie that has is finally starting to get the the love it deserves. It's taken it a while. To get the love I, it yeah. deserves. I instantly fell in love with Catherine Hahn, Adam Scott, Mary Steenburgen, Richard Jenkins, John C. Riley, Will Ferrell, and Step Brothers. Dale and Brennan just became Step Brothers. Can we turn our beds into bunk beds? It'll give us so much extra space to do activities. Now, you have one month to find jobs. What? To grow up, they'll have to team up. You've had a lot of jobs. I'm a real self-starter. Who is this gentleman sitting behind you? Hello, Ms. Lady. <laughs> you can't. Shut, shut, your, shut your mouth. You shouldn't tell the person who is interviewing you to shut their mouth. You're They're sounding stupid five. now. Step Brothers. Please leave this office. Made it off. Uh, I love this movie. <laughs> me, me too. And like, I really, really love Anchorman. Talladega Nights has slowly grown on me, but I hated it initially. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I really liked it. What, wait, how do you feel about um, Ice Dancing? What's that one called? No, Blades of Glory. If, if, Blades of Glory. I, don't know. I love If like, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay aren't writing it, I don't really care don't uh, what Blades Will Ferrell does. Um, but I thought this was amazing just because like, after they seem to be upping the ante in whatever they do next, and then they just took it like, yeah, me and John in a house with parents. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this movie is. And it's, it's a so summer fun. blockbuster. And it's somehow, it is somehow funnier. Then Anchorman and Talladega Nights. Yeah. Or at least, I don't know. Well, I, just, I, have, I don't know. Anchorman's yeah. funny in a different way. I think you're right. So, because, yeah. oh my God, right. I love Anchorman so much. But Step Brothers just starring what is essentially two overgrown babies. Yeah. Like, two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just giggle every time I think about it. I, I love so many, I love like pretty much every appearance by every person mm-hmm. in this film. Yeah, I love yeah. Richard Jenkins. Right. Uh, first of all, yes. I love Richard Jenkins. Second of all, I love him in this film. I think ten year ten years later, he was play the the same role was being played by J.K. Simmons, and I think <laughs> that like you know if this was time differently, it probably would have been J.K. Simmons in that role. But Richard Jenkins is so good, and he like does comedy really well yeah, in a fun way. They seem to and have he, he rarely gets to do comedy. Exactly. He's usually like a sad sack boss or a sad sack dad or. Very- Dead guy dad who's just barely character. holding it together <laughs> yeah. and is kind of dead inside. Yeah. And just any when he actually gets to lose it in this, it's yeah. like it just <laughs> yes, my heart. It's, yeah. it's a high, it's a comedy highlight. And the scenes, and the thing that I love about this movie too is that the scenes without Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are also funny. Like the scene of Richard Jenkins and Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. falling in love. Loved that. Mm-hmm. Like, just so great. And then all the scenes, of course, with Adam Scott and my Hollywood wife, Catherine Hahn. Well, that's, I was going to say about a, a good <laughs> I eye because, so I, like, I don't know, like, using, and remember, Talladega Nights, I don't think I'd seen Michael Clark Duncan in a, like, straight up comedy role. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite <laughs> lines ever. Yeah. Uh, and, and John, and when I saw 
John C. Riley in Talladega Nights, I'm like, oh, somebody saw Boogie Nights and finally thinks he's as funny as I do. Yeah. And put him in a real deal comedy. And then it's just like, this is just like totally unrestrained. We don't have to follow a plot if we don't want to. Because mm-hmm. you could surmise the story in like two, like two sentences. It's just wall-to-wall funny mm-hmm. and then they also yeah. had an is there, a, is there a story though there's barely right. yeah. a story the, pretty much these guys are two eight-year-olds <laughs> as adults as chubby and overgrown adults it's just watching that's people the shit have they fun. care about like don't touch my stuff i'm gonna touch your drums don't touch my fucking drums <laughs> also the movie that's with the, stuff the, they care about. the worst prosthetic balls i've ever <laughs> seen in my life well like, uh, I don't know, Sarah. When you get older, they're going to get a little longer. So Ugh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, but the, yeah, the Adam Scott and Catherine Hahn thing. It wasn't the first thing I'd seen them in, but they were big, gigantic roles in a big, gigantic comedy that they somehow had an eye for these people who would end up yeah. going on to be like really huge fucking stars. And it's so great because seeing them later in Parks and Rec play off of each other, mm-hmm. they've almost like switched mm-hmm. roles, mm. which is like pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's a giant uh, oral history on The Ringer. Uh huh. Right now, because I was positive about that. I had seen Adam Scott in the last. The Ringer? The Ringer. The Johnny Knoxville movie? <laughs> yes, the very same. The official movie website has a nice oral history. <laughs> no, the, the Bill Simmons uh, thingy, yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, okay, cut all this but, out. That's embarrassing. No, that's great. You didn't know about the sports page uh, that's also doing movie stuff? What are you, dumb? Uh, <laughs> But I remember I had I the last time I'd seen Adam Scott I'd seen before he's got a very recognizable face yeah. was getting a, his fake dick jerked yes. off to ejaculation in that HBO series. Tell me you love me. Yeah, where they like? Yeah. Do you remember that show? Don't By Penny, you? Penny did it. Penny from Lost was jerking him off. <laughs> uh, oh, I never saw Tell Me You Love Me, but oh, I remember he it, was he popped up on Six Feet Under. Yes. Yeah. I remember him from there. Yep. Uh, now but tell me. He lo- seemed like a serious actor. It was, guy. Dude, yes. it was like tell me you love me was excruciating. My girlfriend yeah, loved it. It was, it was a complete waste of time, and it was notable for showing like hard dick and yeah. vajayjay on film. But we're still so prude okay. as Americans; it couldn't be real. They had to make prosthetics. And it was the worst fake dick I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but but you get to see the report, and that the only way you can do that is if some somebody <laughs> builds the, it in craft services. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. Uh, but that was the last thing I saw him in a very serious role to like when he tries to hug Will Ferrell at the end and he can't figure it out and like mm-hmm. tries to like <laughs> punch and accidentally bite him but can't qu- I love that scene yeah I love Rob Riggle pow you oh, seen, I love you Rob Riggle Ken Jong is yeah. in here for no reason like yeah uh, playing a doctor no sorry no he's playing in a uh, job interview a job interview yeah a temp uh, oh guy. god Horatio Sands is the guy who only does 80s Joel yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> the river of dreams no man I thought we explained it <laughs> Only do Eddie's show. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of a joyful movie. Like, everyone's having fun. You can tell. Like, it's kind of just a celebration of, like, different kinds of relationships in a lot of ways. Again, hmm. friendship. Yeah. <laughs> we just I become best friends. I'm, I'm alive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I, I think this movie holds up, will hold up a lot better than those. And it's, it doesn't make any sense because it's so low rent, so low stakes. It's, it's almost set in like one house the entire time. But it's yeah. almost like a bottle movie. <laughs> Until they go to the fucking Catalina wine the mixer. The Catalina wine which mixer. Which has apparently <laughs> magic powers to fix everyone's problems. Exactly. Oh my God. This fucking scene where Catalina wine mixer. Will Ferrell sings something to talk about. Let's give him something to talk about. I love it because I love that song. Mm. So good. 
Oh my God, Step Brothers, people! Please go check that out. Watch that after Saving Private Ryan. <sighs> but, uh, before Midnight Run. Yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You guys figure out the best combination and let us know. Oh, why, <laughs> I'm not, we shouldn't be desperate to get out of this because, like, the rest of this is just we get more terrible as we go throughout television. Fine, I'm gonna do it. I, gra- it. I went. Gra- I had desperately tried to find something to showcase, and you know what? Sh- TV show we've never showcased on the show on mm. Thirty Twenty Ten Weeds. Oh, I liked weeds. Uh, I wa- okay. I liked weeds, but like my same thing with, her, with that girl, the woman's other show, Mary the- Louise Parker. No, no. Uh, Gen- oh, Gen G-, G Cohen. Yeah, like I loved Orange Is the New Black, and then by like the fourth season, like yeah. this is fucking ridiculous. Yes, yeah. agreed, is- agreed. She's got two good seasons in her. Yeah, and, and, that's and, it. And weeds was in its ridiculous season. This might even make people uncomfortable. I play this clip, but it's it was a different time. When has that stopped you? Uh, I guess it won't. Weeds was weeds was way shark jumpy. Um, yes. <laughs> I think at this point because like it was about a woman dealing weed in her suburban home and now they're like living on the lamb and moving around mm-hmm. and like what's the premise here yeah. it's just a pretty drug dealer mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah it was ultra po- problematic in a lot of ways too and this is a very problematic scene because uh, I rem- and this is the only reason I remembered the episode Exquisite Treasures mm-hmm. because Kevin Nealon and um, oh shit who's the guy who plays Andy he's fucking great like oh um, I think that guy's great. I've yep. never seen him in anything else. I fucking oh no, he was in that terrible sitcom where the animal, he was the vet. Yeah, yeah the animal doctor. Um, yeah. But oh. I love Kevin Nealon, and they're sitting at the beach, and all of a sudden things start washing up on the beach, and then those people that things turned out to be people, and those mm-hmm. people turn out to be immigrants, and we have a lot of jokes that oh. just won't fly right now, and probably shouldn't play this clip. You are so beautiful. You are like a mermaid, a Mexican mermaid. A Mermex. Thought you didn't like Mexicans. Just the fat ones. I'm Doug. I'm hey, whoa, 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 what's going on here? This is my girlfriend. She was just swimming with her clothes. I'm just doing my job. Your job is bullshit. <laughs> she just wants to be here. Yeah, she wants to clean our toilets. Or a sewing. Or a telecomunicación. Let's go. Senor Doug. Mermex. I keep your sleepy flop. You find me. All right, that's fine. That's okay, all we that's I hated every second of that. Um, but okay. they were alive. Like when you were describing it to me and you said they were washing up, I thought you meant oh, no, no, no. like yeah. deceased people. I don't know where they were immigrating from to watch, wash up on the beach of L.A. Mm, with uh, with true. luggage. But um, yeah, no one says you have to be accurate on the show Weeds. Uh, the show Wanna Bet debuts. And I didn't bother doing any research into that. It didn't last very long. Um, but I think we can celebrate this. Uh, July 23rd marks the end of Mind of Mincy. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I'm so happy. Mind of Mincy, a show I was legit excited for because he had really? a Comedy Central Presents, you know, like one of those half hour things where like, I, I don't know how to describe, he just, he was the only person I saw who, he didn't end on a joke. He ended on like this like call to togetherness in like, 20, 2002 mm-hmm. and I'm like who the fuck is this guy and he popped up on a couple of shows I'd like, and I'm like oh shit they gave that guy a show that's cool uh, and that's when Chappelle's show was still on the air and then mm-hmm. by the time Mina Mencia made it to air Chappelle's show was not on the air and when I saw this guy's show like this is just a bad version of Chappelle's show which is sometimes just blatantly racist um, yeah. without without a purpose or a gag mm-hmm. uh, and I it really rubbed me the wrong way from like the get go and I was in no way like woke in 2008 or anything like that I just really hated this show wait 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 so you're giving me two examples here of how <laughs> Mencia 
doesn't write jokes and has never <laughs> written a joke? Shit, well, that, I had no idea, had to, except for when he confessed to it multiple times. I had to look him up to like, is that guy still doing anything? Because like, I didn't know if his career was destroyed. His show sucked, and he got all these accusations that he was stealing jokes. And if you, He admits to he it. Was. It's not an accusation. I, he says I, it on his WTF. I don't think he does admit to it. If anything, he like... It's like the way you hope Trump admits to something someday. I think he thought because he was paying his writers that like mm. when he saw them do their stand up, those jokes were just his. Yeah. And Did that, he I pay mean, Bill Cosby for the high mom <laughs> football gag? Yeah, for the high mom that I don't believe he did. I mean, he definitely uh, admits to like going to his first couple of stand ups and just reading a joke book on the way and then reciting those jokes on stage. That is a fascinating YouTube rabbit hole you can fall down in the Carlos Mencia stealing jokes thing. Um it yeah. didn't totally destroy his career. He's still out there, still touring I even looked up his schedule, touring casinos and whatnot. Mm. Um, I mean joke stealing is like an interesting thi- like It's not police very well. It, well it's an interesting <laughs> thing and I think it deserves maybe further explanation. Um or ex- further exploration, like on maybe another episode. But I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely something to be said that, like, there is a well of ideas. Right. Parallel thought is a thing. Exactly. But and cer- certain things, like, there are a lot of people where most people, I think, who have been a- accused of joke stealing in the past, I'd say, decade, decade mm-hmm. and a half. If you look at the evidence, you could be like, yeah. That's just a well of ideas issue. Like, I don't think that's... Yeah, I, I could even, like... This guy... I remember I, I saw that Dane Cook stole mm. Louis C.K.'s joke. I'm like, yeah. it's talking about an itchy butt. They right. don't have the same punchlines. Right. Anyone who they can talk about an itchy butt that they want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it bugged me when Cook people be like, though. Mencia stole this joke about we're going to build, you know, a border wall. Well, who's going to build it? It's going to be Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Like... That's not a stolen joke. That's a lazy joke. That There's literally joke. came from like a meme your aunt sent you, like in the on, yeah. when she got AOL. That's just basically, too easy. Yeah. You gotta go the extra step. There's got to be one more step there. But that, yeah. that and then Co- it's a good joke. That Cosby joke, though, holy shit! Yeah, because that's like it's a two minute long joke, and mm-hmm. all the beats are the same. Yeah, and he doesn't seem yeah. to realize that even when he's told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not to make more comparisons to the president, uh, but. Because I hate you guys. We talked for like at, like at least five minutes about British movies this this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Carlos Mencia's catchphrase? Mm. <sighs> I'm not really Mexican. No. <laughs> Did I do that? No. <laughs> it was at the end of his production logo. I think the name of his production studio oh, was. Oh, that means I would have had to watch oh, one of his shows. Fuck. Would it be maybe offensive to some people? Maybe. Would it be offensive to anybody listening if I played a clip from Mind of Mencia where they do a whole song about his catchphrase that might <laughs> be offensive? Look, you guys, this is just contextual. He's going to try and explain himself. Come on, just give it like three and a half minutes. Pickety <laughs> doesn't mean mentally retarded. It means stupid. This song goes out to all the stupid people out there. You're going to find this song hilarious and you don't even know it's about you. You dropped out of school because you're smarter than everybody. I've got three words for you, dumbass. Ding, right, ready. You try to outrun a bull. Nobody's that fast. That's how you end up with a horn stuck up your ass. Rock, this person needs no helmet because he's a star. With the gear the bus left, he got hit by a car. If you want to go hunting for quail someplace, don't go with Cheney. He'll put a f- shot in your face. This is so fucking bad. This is so <laughs> like every stupid. Level. Yeah. <laughs> And I haven't even gotten to the chorus yet. Oh. And I desperately want to. Because I think they tried to make something like a, like, let's say, Stanny. He's trying to make an Eminem Stan oh, kind of gotcha. thing here. Okay. 
If you bungee jump so you can fly through the air, I ain't sad you ended up in that wheelchair. You ignore all the warnings, yet you light up a smoke. Now you have to talk with a machine through your throat. I can't. St I can't do this I, anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. I gasped at the part where they were like, "How many idiots out of three? And it had Simon Cowell and Randy Jackson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the stupid one he pointed out was Paula Abdul. Is she the dumb one? Multi-million dollar selling artist <laughs> Paula Abdul. Yeah. You didn't write Vibology, Carlos Mencia. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you are friends with MC Scat Cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's a real character who has his own album. It's check it out, people. Good for it's him. a true story. Uh, this sucks. This makes it it feels like also he really wanted to try to make a viral video like mm -hmm. that, you know, like kind of like Hmm. I'm on a boat or whatever. Yeah, it's just I, I just I I get depressed when I see Dave Chappelle come out and be like, uh, "Key and Peele ripped my show off." I'm like, "No, dude, no." no. It's just a, it's just on, some guys doing sketches. Yes, I don't understand the Comedy Central format where you have to stand up and explain your sketches to a live studio audience so they can then laugh at a video. Yeah, I don't get that. But the sketches are very different. Um, but funny. Car might even see it kind of was funny. Uh, no, Chappelle show. Oh. Uh, just because it, it did kind of the same bits, I, I don't know, and played with the same areas of race, and not as delicately, and, and Chappelle's show was not delicate. Uh, no. But, but it just it just really no, weird. But it came it came from a more wholesome place, like it came from a truth-telling place as opposed to a finger-pointing place. I, How about well, that? Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I would I would say, too, that like, I'm not the biggest fan of Chappelle's show. I think mm -hmm. it had more misses than hits when it came to the mm -hmm. sketches. But mm -hmm. I still still is great because the hits were so good. Um, but like Mencia, I think, just kind of took that and took it away from a truth-telling place mm -hmm. and just took it to like a place where he's just trying it's to just get laughs. And, stupid. And, and he doesn't understand comedy. I would posit that he doesn't really understand what is actually funny, which is why he couldn't... I can only say this about Carlos Mencia and that, so that, that song specifically, and I wish this applied to everybody, but if you're a comedian and you're complaining about stupid people... The odds are really good you're really stupid. Yes, it's agreed. Almost hundred percent agreed. It's almost every time, every single time. It's mm -hmm. like you and Gallagher and yep. like complaining about who's stupid. Yeah. Uh, fuck that shit. TV is done. Hey, look, we got some video games. You think I left you out? Um, this is sad and weird. If I was uh, maybe five years older, Diana, does the the name Track and Field mean anything to you? Yeah. Well, from the like all the old. Original Nintendo days with like the power pad. Yeah, Konami's track and field. Well, that was a different game, but oh. they're they're sort of inspired by track and field. Which at the time, if you can think of a world where there is not an arcade game featuring mini games based on track and field events, that was a huge thing, a huge franchise. It was very early in like wow. in like in the early 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 eighties. It's one of those franchises that has completely fallen off the map, but not mm. in two thousand eight. As Konami released one last new track and field game called New International Track and Field. It did happen. Uh, and The Mummy, Tomb, uh, tomb of the Something or Other. Uh, <laughs> that, that I just movie coming up. Cool name. Right. Uh, and that's, that's the weird thing about the last movie games, that the movie games were trying to beat movies to the box office because they, 
generally like you're you're spending all this money and time on this thing you can't guarantee will be a success so if i beat this bad movie to the box office our bad game can maybe have a little little more luster left to it but some of these games had like huge fucking spoilers it, this, oh, damn. this doesn't really happen anymore but yeah where you can spoil a, a movie that's not out for your you can spoil a movie for yourself that's not out yet with a video game that's 60 fucking dollars but most notably a game I really did like, um, Wario Land Shake It or Wario Land Shake Dimension. We all know who Wario is, right? Ah, the farting Nintendo uh, would-be mascot. Wario has been in a bunch of games, but this, 10 years ago, is his last platformer. And he's had a ton of yeah. non-micro games, non-WarioWare games, uh, in addition to these. But like, I can't believe it's been 10 years. The, the last... The last, I think, first-party Super Nintendo game is a Wario, or Nintendo game is a Wario game. It's like the only Nintendo game with an ESRB rating. Uh, Wario should be synonymous. I mean, he's essentially missed two generations as far as being a uh, the star of his own video game. And I, as a stupid Wario fan, I'm bummed out by that. But that is it for the Vigi Games, people. Thank you so much for listening to 302010. Uh, if I can get some plugs out of the way real fast. This show is executive produced by Austin Cook and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time where you can support us for as little as a cup of coffee. We're trying to launch a bunch of new shows. Thank the good holy lord. The bonus show for 302010 has been unlocked, people. We will be checking out all of your comments and feedback on an exclusive Patreon show that you can join for a very, very low, low price that will help support the entire network, which includes Vigigame Apocalypse, uh, new season of Elm Street Nightmare, extra shows, shirts, bonus stuff, commentaries, uh, and hopefully a new quiz show called The Quiz Down. We posted a free preview on our Patreon as well as uh, lasertimepodcast.com and in the Lasertime feed. So if you want to check out episode zero of The Quiz Down, we recommend that you do. It's a, it was a super fun show to do. And the longer you wait, the less topical it'll be. But the idea is that it'll be a topical-based quiz along with a bunch of pop culture uh, questions, and uh, weirdo, some music rounds, some music rounds, just something super I'm fun. On it. Yeah, I had a great time with it, and I, 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 I don't know. I want to make fun. it happen. Yeah, uh, but we need your help. Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. Thanks, y'alls. And you can follow me at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D on Twitter or uh, at thirty twenty ten, just the numbers podcast thirty twenty ten podcast, uh, where I'm teasing what's coming up in the next couple shows. If you want to, you know, get a ahead of time find out what's coming next week next week uh it's not as exciting as these last couple weeks so and then it gets right back up still listen next week i don't know why i'm trying to tell you not to (laughs) um it's still the summer it's still gonna be great yeah yeah we still got mummy tomb of the something or other these which i've seen this next year is actually still insane i mean we're like Blowing yeah, through great movies. God. We still got a bunch more to come. Plus, TV is going to start up again. And I cannot wait to start talking about TV. Mm. Oh, God. 2008 television. Oh, God. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't know I got any- you back. I don't know anything about McDreamy. I got you, babe. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. God. And please leave a comment uh, and let us know what you think about the show. Let us know any anecdotes you have related to this. Go to bat for something you love that you feel like we shit all over. Mm-hmm. Or just tell me something about nice about Midnight Run. That's extra points yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And maybe we'll read your comment on our new show. That's right. Right, folks uh but as always we got to close it out with a little birth and death starting with the deaths all right starting with the deaths oh we got some bad ones all right let's start with the worst one 1988 we lost judith barcy who was mm. 10 what uh she was the little girl in jaws oh. the revenge the voice of ducky, ducky. In the Land of oh my time. god that's right oh. she was murdered by her abusive shithead of a dad yep. who oh, also no. killed her mom yep 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 oh, oh. fuck that guy <laughs> fuck him 
so much. <laughs> he was an abusive shithead, and I hope he rots in hell. Uh, 1998, we lost Marjorie Ralston. She was 86. That's the original voice of Minnie Mouse. Oh, Aww. fuck yeah, I should have known that. And then in 2008, we lost Estelle Getty, who was 84. She was Sophia on The Golden Sophia. Girl. She... she was actually the youngest. I but is still she the... is back that amazes me. Is she the first Golden Girl we lost? I believe so, yeah. All right, it's just all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. We're, we're, we only we have twenty five percent golden girl capacity right yeah. now. That's <laughs> we all had we it have. for a good long time, though, if you think about it. I guess yeah. so. We really did. I guess so. I doubt I'll make it. Well. I guess I, I doubt I'll make it to eighty four, despite the oh, despite the floor very weather. doubtful. Yeah, very, very doubtful. doubtful. <laughs> uh, let's let's bring up the mood with a little bubble birthdays. Birthday quiz, folks. Oh boy, we got a good birthday quiz though. Okay, I'm I found get birthday it. buddies, two people who are born the same day, same year. <gasps> All right, and they are turning 80. Okay. Well, one of them's turning 80. The other one, unfortunately, passed away in her 40s. Uh, I'll blow through it real fast then. Born July 20th, 1938, as Natalia Zakarenko in San Francisco. Wait, is this the dead she, one or the alive one? This is the dead one. Okay. This is the dead one. Okay, sorry. She had three Oscar nominations before she was 25. Her films include Miracle on 34th Street. Nally Wood. Great Race. Natalie Wood. What? Yeah! I was going to say Natalie Wood. I just didn't know she was that fucking movie. Hell yeah. I didn't, couldn't let that... St- I can't believe let you steal that from me. I thought she was way younger than 40 when she died. Uh-uh. God damn it. Uh, nope. No, she was early 40s. God damn it. All right, I'm getting the next one. Okay. Listen. So the one who is still with us, turning 80. Happy birthday, July 20th, 1938, in Doncaster, West Yorkshire. She is a dame of the British Empire, and her mm-hmm. film roles include Shakespeare, James Bond, and the Muppets. Helen Judy Ian. Dench. Judy Dench, I mean... Nope. But she's better known for TV, such as the Mrs. Bradley Mysteries, Extras, Victoria, and schooling mofos on the Avengers of Game of Thrones. Uh, oh. You bastards! The the the, the lady Old who lady. is in charge of the Shame? <laughs> no, Shame? not her. No. The old bitch who like poisoned <laughs> who poisoned herself. Uh, the wicked witch. No. no. Um, What's my name? Uh, Slim Shady? (laughs) (laughs) You both lose points. That would be Dame Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg. I've literally never heard that name before in my life. But is she the one that is that? From Lethal Weapon? No. No. (laughs) That's Riggs, Um, my bad. It was her jewels that were stolen in Great Muppet Caper. Okay. Oh, wait. She was Emma Peel on The Avengers. She was the Queen of Thorns on Game of Thrones. She killed Joffrey. Oh. Yes. Okay. I could not get to that. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't have known her name anyways. But... Yeah, me neither. But she's the, was she the one that was like, "Tell Cersei it was me." Yeah. Yes. Okay. I could not get to that. Damn it. I just yeah. I Diana know... Rigg. Her name is Diana Rigg, and she's cool. Since I have no other place to say it, Charles Grodin has a fantastic wig in the Great Muppet Caper. It's just <laughs> oh, he does. It's just right. It all comes together. <laughs> it just it really does. <laughs> if you want to hear me more of me and Antista competing like this at trivia. Patreon. Down, That's where the quiz down is, and you can hear Help us make more it all possible. of me gloating over beating Antista at trivia. <laughs> this is never going to happen again. <laughs> never again. Uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, we're going to close out with a Boats and Hoes, the immortal theme from Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the original I'm on a boat. <laughs> yes. Uh, hang with us, people, and uh, maybe support us. But whatever. Just come back next week. We like you. Sangria, nachos, lemon heads, my dad's boat. You won't go down cause my dick
float. We sail around the world and go port to port. Every time I come, I produce a quart. Put on your life vest, let's jump anchor. There's a nice lady who I like to spike her. Who knows?